Hello, everybody. You are now listening to the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, as always, and your best friend, that guy named John. Uh, you can listen to the podcast. Uh, oh, don't, damn. I, Why I, are you stopping? No, just keep going. Uh, keep, just going. keep going. And, you, uh, and you're keeping own this it. in. Okay, own not taking it. You're not editing it. Own it. All right, fine. Here we go. Starting from the top again. <laughs> you are now listening to the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, that guy named John. On this podcast, we talk about movies, TV shows, comics, film festivals, and so much more. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at about to review Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Blueberry. Subscribe on Stitcher, PodBay, Podbean, any podcatcher app. On this episode, I'm joined by the two people who interrupted my what was going to be an edit. Returning to the podcast, the one and only Tim Hall. This is my third critic. week in a row. It is. It's this. Yeah. my lucky number. It's great. Really? Yeah. High five. Yeah. And All the right. other voice that you hear is a new voice that we will hear about soon. Aaron Hundley, welcome to the show. Hey guys, happy to be clapping. here. Yeah. Silent claps. Silent claps. Silent claps. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about three movies, Transformers The Last Night, War for the Planet of the Apes, <laughs> and Baby Driver. Uh, yeah. Tim, what time is it? Uh, Theme song time. <laughs> So now that we got through the intro, see, I don't even let you get to your phone. You didn't even get to my phone. Nope. Uh, before we get into the reviews and all of those, like I mentioned before, there's a new guest in the studio. Welcome, Aaron. I'm waving, but you guys can't see it. No, this is an audio medium. <laughs> so, but yeah, Aaron, uh, you are a relatively new film critic here in Seattle, yep. and you're going to be writing. Uh, your reviews for The Barbershop Show. Correct. Nice. And then you also have an Etsy shop. Yeah. Um, so I moved to Seattle from Oklahoma City about almost three years ago. It'll be three years in August. Um, when I was in OKC, I used to write all the time. Loved doing it. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, I was actually known for my movie collection uh, wow. whenever I went to university. Um, so I actually had friends of friends that would show up at my house and borrow films. Wow. I nice. actually, I had a, I had a full-blown checkout system. So like that, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like one of the saddest things was then I had to sell a good portion of those when I moved across uh, the country. Brutal. But I only sold the ones I didn't like anyway. So like the ones that I, I, I was really big on. You guys don't really have a whole lot of them out here, but in Oklahoma City, we have, you know, Walmart on mm -hmm. every corner. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, five dollar movie bins. So Ooh, all of the yeah. terrible movies that I got, like the over... double or triple pack yeah. movies. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so um, I actually had a lot of those too. Mm -hmm. That was like, oh, this entire like series on one DVD. You can choose which film. Mm -hmm. So like a Ralph Snyder um, collection, just yeah. all of his movies. Or like, I mean, we'll talk about it today. But like Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, mm -hmm. At yeah. World's End, like they had like full-blown collections but for five dollars and yeah. i'm i'm always like that's such a bargain like how could i pass that up so a good mm -hmm. portion of my movies were all five dollar movie bin digs nice um so when i moved here you know i i moved here i worked with apple i'd been working for apple for about five years um and <laughs> uh worked for apple for about five years but didn't really get a chance to start writing and Due to a lot of external circumstances, mm -hmm. I didn't really get to dig into the Seattle scene as much. Right. Um, so now that those external circumstances are no longer in the picture, I'm mm -hmm. really starting to get acquainted with the city, figuring things out. And that's where the barbershop comes in. I actually met Jose at the Apple store. He was one of my customers. Mm -hmm. nice. And we started talking about my writing and everything like that. And one thing led to another. And now I get to do what I've wanted to do my whole life. Awesome. Put my awesome. passions together. I have a question. What I may the, have an answer. You may have an answer. <laughs> what was the first movie you watched that you really fell in love with film? Sound of Music. 
Sound of Music. Nice. Good pull. I love Sound of Music. Christopher Plummer, still to this day, is my first celebrity crush. Really? Wow. Mine was Paul Abdul. You know, I believe okay. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see that. Paul Abdul. No, in that Captain Von Trapp uniform, mm-hmm. like, the, and the ha- I actually used to have a, a black and white of him, like, in my room, embarrassingly nice. enough. But oh. uh, he was just—he was so svelte and commanding when he walked mm-hmm. into the room, and he was like, "Maria, you my girl," and she was like, "Uh uh-uh. uh," and she was like, "Okay, I love you. <laughs> I still love you. Yeah, I love yeah. you, boo." And see, so, and like when we were growing up watching it, I know that we had this uh, in my house. We had the two VHS box set, mm-hmm. and so. Like Titanic you know, style. Oh my yeah. gosh! So you had to put in the second VHS. Kids, ask your parents what VHS tapes are. Yeah, if you don't know, not, not you're, only too, you're too young to listen what, to this podcast. Yeah, what VHS tapes are, but a double. Yeah, that's how I saw Scarface. Double VHS. T- what? I've never yeah. seen Scarface. Whoa! Oh, I know. Oh, oh, I've also oh, never man. seen The Godfather. So. Oh, oh okay. Well, wow. it's been nice having you on the show. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, we will see you later. And her cheers. mic is now off. <laughs> <laughs> wow! How have you not seen those movies? That was crazy. How do you even avoid seeing that? Especially they're on TNT. Every day. <laughs> so like I don't references. have cable anymore. Okay. <laughs> but um, okay. classic films are, are hit and miss for me because it's really hard for me to watch those movies and not be like, oh my gosh, like one of my favorite things to do with my dad is literally to watch old TV shows mm-hmm. and see the mishaps. Like all of a sudden, if you watch like TV shows from the 70s, like MASH, I love MASH, mm-hmm. uh, the uh-huh. A-Team, love that stuff. Right. But you'll see like a stunt double like jump through a window, right? And like mm-hmm. roll over. Right. So the stunt double was black when he jumped through the window, <laughs> but the go- white guy that popped up like three mm. steps from where the black guy landed right. has a gun and he's like, oh yeah, I just jumped through that window. Right. So like I like pointing, like it's hard for me to watch classic films and not point out those discrepancies. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, I wanted my job to be the person that sits in an editing room and finds those discrepancies. Yeah. I love that because it bothers the ever-living can I curse on this show? No, no okay. curse. Bothers the ever living <laughs> out of me whenever I see that, and especially in like animated films. There is still a scene from Disney's Tarzan that like is burned into my brain because there is a big discrepancy. And so With the nineties Tarzan? Uh, no, like so the Disney animated one. <clears throat> right, the nineties Tarzan. That, was that in the nineties? With the music by Phil, Phil Collins. Collins. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she's yeah. on a biscuit. Was that really in the nineties? Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, so there's like a scene where he fights the jaguar or whatever, like that big mm-hmm. yeah, climactic yeah. scene in the middle of the film. And the jaguar, the big like thing that he got on Tarzan was he scratched his te- his chest. Mm-hmm. So after Tarzan defeats this, sorry, spoiler alert for all you kids that haven't seen Tarzan. <laughs> right. Um, he like lifts the jaguar over his head and is like doing his famous like, oh, mm-hmm. call. And the scratch is gone. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. it has bothered me literally since the 90s. <laughs> so, 1999. Yeah. Okay. So like, I, w- I love that job. And so watching classic films sometimes can be hard. So I had to do them in small doses. Mm. And there are classics that I watched when I was a kid that will always, like Sound of Music, that will always remain classics in my heart that okay. I can watch mm-hmm. over and over and over again. I like it. But there are also classics that I'm like embarrassed to admit that I haven't seen, nah. like Casablanca <sighs> or Gone with the Wind. Okay. Wow. So about those uh, geek bona fides and a film critic. Um, uh, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm getting the death the death stare in case you guys can't because you guys can't see it yeah. in here. Audio, Listen, and, and for me, it's not even for the film content itself. Like that's one thing. It's the, all the cultural references that come from these films. Mm-hmm. You miss so much. I feel like a fraud when I use things from them. Oh, my like, hands looking mm-hmm. at you, and I'm like, like I don't know. <laughs> is, I was like, is here looking at you? I don't know. Wow. So we'll, we'll okay. change that. Yeah. Yeah. We can. We'll there's actually we'll change you. <laughs> this is this is an episode, this is what I, been for. episode idea that I have been kicking around for a while, actually. So we, we will come back on that. Okay. Um, 
Okay. World, so. if you don't hear from me, they've murdered me. <laughs> right. Or we, you were just strapped down, like, yeah. watching plastic. I've got my eyes in that contraption that's open, and they're just putting water yeah. drops I'm going to recondition oh, wait, what, From what movie is that? That's a great question. I know it from the trailer that they pull, that mm-hmm. they play in front of movies in the theater where they say, AMC loves classic uh-huh. movies, and they show that. And did it, did it so you, okay. Nope. Woo! Okay, so it's from A Clockwork Orange by Stanley Kubrick. <sighs> Um, Clockwork. Tim, are you keeping that's track of all with, these movies? That's the guy that we, with the I'm just gonna <laughs> just anything that says classic next to it, I'm just gonna assume yeah. Aaron hadn't seen it. Wow. What's worse is that I actually owned some of those from the five dollar movie bin. I still haven't seen them. Wow. Okay. Okay. So speaking of classic movies, yeah. Speaking of classic movies, all right. The first movie on the docket today. Uh, before we go into the new movie, we'll go into a little bit of a history, like we normally do on the episodes. Right. So the new movie mm-hmm. is Transformers: The Last Night. <gasps> Um, so physically be- painful before, before we get into that, uh, Transformers, the cartoon first came out in 1984, <clears throat> super popular. This was back in the day when the cartoons were just long commercials for the toys, like yeah. GI Joe, yeah. Ninja Turtles to a point, even though that was based on the comic book by Eastman and Laird. Thundercats, Thundercats, like Voltron, Voltron, like all of these shows so the original Transformers cartoon, 1984, had 98 episodes. Those were 98 commercials of like, hey, kids, look at this new thing. Go buy it. So I bought it. Well, my parents Guilty. Did. <laughs> uh, I, I have talked about this on multiple <clears throat> episodes. Uh, we were broke growing up, so I never got an official Transformer except for like one Christmas from like a family friend. I like the knockoff GoBots and the knockoff <laughs> knockoff GoBots, like the NoBots. Yeah, it was just it was the terrible. NoGoBots. The NoGoBots, yeah, it was just wood. It was yeah. just a block of wood. Use your imagination, kid. Okay. Yeah, that was that was my childhood. Uh, but yeah, hugely hugely popular in in our generation, and then it culminated in 1986 when they came out with Transformers the movie. Yes, that movie. You can go back and watch it now and. You know, you have that nostalgia haze, the nostalgia filter that we have talked about in episodes before. It is still actually a pretty good movie. Like, it is over the top. It is 80s. The opening's crazy. The opening is madness. And it has a song you got that the touch. If, if, I, if I was not going to get sued or get a cease and desist, you've got the touch. You've got the power. Yeah. Uh, that song. Keep going. Oh, it was really good. Keep going. Oh, yeah. Oh, they play it like five times yeah. in the movie. <laughs> and it's like. Optimus Prime jumped in the air, pulling out his gigantic gun. Mm-hmm. It's so American. Megatron just like, or Megatron like flips around turns yeah. into his jet. Like that cartoon is awesome. <laughs> so from there, it did a bunch of different TV shows. I cried during that movie, by the way. Oh yeah. Wait before as as a child. I mean, this is not, not going recently. to be the the Aaron callout episode, <laughs> but. <laughs> Aaron, have you seen the original Transformers movie? I have not. Come okay. on. But, okay, okay, no, but so I, so I grew up, I grew up watching the TV show. Mm-hmm. So um, I was born in 1990, mm-hmm. but um, my dad and I, like one of our favorite things, like my favorite moments growing up was watching Saturday morning cartoons with my dad. Okay. Like it right. was, I have two sisters and like they liked it and everything like that, but my dad and I would just sit there. Nice. Like it was, it, I loved that for, you know, Aaron dad time. Mm-hmm. Um but like Transformers, Gargoyles, oh, uh, sure. I loved Gargoyles. My dad and I still talk about Gargoyles to this day. Um, so like I grew up watching that. I didn't even know until, I mean, I knew there, until I was like, maybe like, like before I hit my teens that there was a movie. Mm-hmm. I just, I haven't seen it. Okay. okay. We, we can change that. Yeah. Uh, start then, making a list. I know. Seriously. <laughs> we make a legitimate list. Uh, and then from there, it led to a bunch of other TV <clears throat> shows. The other one that I really liked, even though it was, 
it is rough to go back on was Beast Wars. Well, I was going to say it's probably Beast Wars. I mean, this was like the I beginning. Remember, like, oh, that was. <laughs> it was like the beginning of CG animation. This was after Reboot, another cartoon that was like that. Those first ones that have to do with CGI and computer animation are just the rough. rough. The rough. Yeah. Real rough. Yeah. Rough, to say the least. But Beast Wars, like, it, rough, it worked. But it was Beast. Uh, uh, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. There you go. Uh, and then, of course, the whole series, whole franchise got relaunched. With the first live action Transformers movie. Yes. In 2004, six? Shia LaBeouf. I have it here. I, Megan I Fox. Guess I could look it up. 2007, I think. Uh, it might have been 07. It's 2007 because it's been 10 years. <sighs> yeah. So that kicked off this live action franchise for Transformers. Again. Again. The, okay. The first movie was. I enjoyed. I okay, mm-hmm. so I enjoyed the first two. Second one, not nearly as much as the first, but yeah. I still I really enjoyed the first one. And part of that was I had a huge crush on Shia LaBeouf. Huge Whoa. crush on Shia LaBeouf. Wow. No, I loved him. He was this cute, Even spunky. Stevens. I know exactly. Like, I, I I adored Shia LaBeouf, but I liked that. <clears throat> That I don't really know what I'm saying because I'm so stressed out that I have to scream it at an octave above my actual voice mm. to like convey my frustration and yeah. irritation with you. Mm-hmm. And that's what that whole movie is, is literally him like yelling at his parents or at Autobots or yeah. at Megan. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like and spitting when he talks because he's so frustrated. That happens a lot. Like, there are a lot of spit takes in that yeah. film. Mm. And so like I, I actually really enjoyed the first one. And Megan Fox actually seemed to have, you know, some <laughs> purpose for being there she did. like she wasn't just a hot true. body which Th- that is, is true. like which i actually really like yes she was a hot body and there was a very clear reason why they cast her however she also she was a mechanic like she she mm-hmm. i'm Quote doing air quotes Quote because unquote. you can't see me right now but like she was a mechanic she could fix stuff like she she had a story or a plot line that attached to her character yeah. which i felt mm-hmm. for the most part all the other females after her have not had yeah, they they more and more except in this latest one, Mm-mm. they at least give her they at least make her professor. They at least make her a professor intelligent, that they then dress character. and make act like a porn star. True. Uh she's doing smart in the film. No, she's no. not. Like, she doesn't do anything. She's yeah. not, she's all, like, she, all she does is do the talk one about lecture. Her accolades, but yeah, she doesn't they, like she does the one lecture at the university yeah. library in the very beginning. None of her knowledge is necessary for the story. At oh, all. Yeah. And then Anthony Hopkins is explaining oh, it's stuff him. to it her. It should have been exactly. her, but it's him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, and then she ends we'll up arm cammy. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like it's just like, oh, I'll throw all of my accolades to the window for you, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I'd probably do it for Mark Wahlberg too. Really? But no. heck no. Heck no. <laughs> but it's just going to flip this table over. Like I put it, I put in my review specifically that like Michael Bay, it's very clear that either he or the scriptwriters that he continually works with have a very archaic idea of what femininity is. And yeah, I could do that. This yeah. movie was, in my personal opinion, the epitome of that. Yeah. That literally a woman is thrown from a car mm-hmm. in an outfit. Yeah. And then five minutes later, she apparently had a spare, very tight dress in that yeah. car as well. That also. Or at the house. Yeah. And why did somehow at this. Yeah. I was like, at really a professor house. <laughs> that that she's never been robots. there. Yeah. And I was like, and all of them, and there's like, don't get me wrong. I am all about loving your body and having pride mm-hmm. in what you wear. Absolutely. And if you want to walk down the street naked, but teach a lesson, that's on you, girl. Like you do you. Mm-hmm. But it's very clear that there were key choices that costuming was told to make for her yeah. that don't support what the words are conveying are her are her, her accomplishments. Yeah. And like that's never really having have. a shirt fully buttoned up. <clears throat> 
Never. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Mm-mm. Like, even when she's deep sea diving in yeah. that, like, full, like, like uni- oh, yeah. unitard, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's open to her chest. And I'm like, okay, are they, like, either falling out or, like, do you have hot flashes? Do you need to open it up for some air? Flotation like, devices. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean. Um, so, yeah. So, with this new film. <laughs> Can you tell how much we like the film? Like, <laughs> And any anybody who right. follows <clears throat> follows the podcast on social media, uh, I put up a little capsule review. Uh, so... Yeah, maybe spoilers, kind of, if you already saw that and you're listening to this. But if you have not seen that. We loved it. Transformers The Last Night is yeah. the fifth movie fifth. In, the, in this franchise. Uh, it takes place, I want to say, like, maybe a year after the last one. Like, it, not very much time has passed. I would say it's within, yeah, about a year. Um, so if you're <clears throat> coming off the heels of the fourth one and powering through this one. Stop right there. Yeah, God bless you, Matt. <laughs> but that is a terrible idea. Uh, so, anyway, so it picks up. The world is kind of being ravaged by all of these Autobots and Decepticons that just come landing out of the sky right. out of nowhere. And they're having their own battle. And the humans are battling just kind of there. their emotions. <laughs> yeah. How do we feel this about this? They're outlawed, right? <laughs> all Transformers. Unless the ones who work for the government. So they're the one there's so Cuba is a no man's land. So any transformer or auto any transformer in general in Cuba is fine. They just hang out there. They can just hang out with some hockey sack. Yeah. Yeah. No, they what is they're playing basketball. Volleyball. Volleyball. Was it volleyball? Yeah, volleyball. Um and so (laughs) with uh like but it seem and I I think I put this in my review, but it very much seems like it's really just the US that seems to have a problem with them. Shocking. Like I know. Wait, wait, the US has a problem with Immigrants? No, no, no. Gosh, no. no. They went through the legal process when they shot through space, so yeah. it's okay. They're right. cutting a line. But they're trying to build a they're trying to build a wall in our atmosphere. And the Autobots are gonna pay for it. Exactly. Yeah. Um so but I mean even in London, like they don't seem even when they're there, like they don't seem to really have as much of a problem with yeah. Autobots that yeah. are there. Like they're like, Okay, it's cool if you just, you know, like stay quiet and become a crazy butler. Like that's cool. Like yeah. Yeah. just do it. But it's really like the US that has the TRF. They're like, hunting them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the TRF is just in the US. It's not in any other country. Yeah, and so this film this film from the beginning starts going <laughs> in a direction that none of us really knew what what the plan was. You mean you like say, the opening of yeah, the Yeah, it's like did you say a direction or like thirty directions? Okay, thirty directions. So yeah, it opens. In this medieval uh, battle scene, which with no context whatsoever, uh, except from the trailers, you can kind of, I mean, pull it together last night, whatever you see. Knights of the Round Table, King right. Arthur, Lancelot. So you, you see this battle scene and, you know, this pretty intense battle scene juxtaposed by Merlin played for some unholy reason. <laughs> By Stanley Tucci. Who was in the last movie. The last movie. Like, that's my He's biggest thing. He was movie. in the last Transformers movie, so. <laughs> like, did, did he sign a deal, like a two-movie deal, but They're he was like, like Where can I, we I put really you just in? do not want to do yeah. the second one. They were like, we'll give you five minutes. Don't yeah. worry. Don't worry. I was like, he showed up drunk to the, the table read, and they're like, we right. have the perfect role for you. <laughs> right. You're Merlin. So, he is Merlin kind of riding off in these beautiful shots. Like the Oh, it's gorgeous where they filmed. Yeah, like wherever that was. I mean, maybe Wales or something. I think it was the Scottish Highlands. There you go. So, yeah, just gorgeous. And it would go to that, but then immediately cut back to this battle that makes no, no sense, sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Then back to Stanley Tucci being drunk and having no real, like, prioritization of like oh yeah these people are dying down there nah, well, he's just... like on his horse drinking drink. and then he's right. like wait where am i oh i'm going this way okay there's this giant cave all right and then they keep flashing back to the battle scene where mm-hmm. you see 
Arthur, again, mm-hmm. air quotes, but, uh, and he's like, Lancelot is, of course, being like, we should pull back. Like, he's not going to come. And, like, Arthur's like, no, I believe in Merlin. He yeah. will be here. He will up. deliver. And he comes <laughs> riding over the hill like Gandalf. Right. With the... Oh, but he's got a staff now. He's got a staff. So... He has a staff, a staff and a three-headed dragon made up of 12. Transformers. Transformers. Right. Symbolic of. What? The 12 knights. What? Yeah. Like, so, so from the beginning, all of us are sitting there Going WTF. Like, this is just bonkers like, already. Yeah. So like, Tim, and I, Tim and I are looking at each other being like, what, what is happening? We are 10 minutes in and I'm already like, my hands are already up. Yeah. 10 minutes in and I wish I had come drunk. <laughs> I mean, it was just a mess. So from there, it then, you know, Well, and it's like they, they kept saying like that was like the staff. Everybody knows like if you know anything about medieval lore, like the staff of Merlin was where all of his powers mm-hmm. came from. Yeah, yeah. And so this whole movie is literally telling us that the magic that we know of that Merlin had was actually Transformer science. Ooh. So it literally sets the foundation for like everything you know is crap. Yeah. And it's like everything that you were taught from a young age, like that that staff was right. wooden, not mm-hmm. made of metal. Right. Is and able to extend and then shrink down yeah, and but be able to then, control it. Yeah, and change dragon. into metal. I mean, change into wood. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it, it transforms. But like that, all of that was due to transformers. And it's like I feel like that was their way of saying like this is why, you know, you yeah. don't realize that transformers have been around since the 1600s. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. Then it jump cuts to modern day. Uh, <clears throat> Mark Wahlberg is on the run. Because he has a bunch of essentially refugees. Yeah, he's hiding them out, hiding safe, all them safe out in like a safe space or somewhere. America. I, it just it. Jared Carmichael's there. He's his little. He's the black friend. I love right? him. And I love Jared Carmichael. <laughs> Jared Carmichael, like he's he, a magical Negro. He was good, up. but yeah, he yeah he was he was a bagger like, van. I was like he's oh, <laughs> like but that's what I know. That's what we're good for. So it was just it it. it I'm not going to go through the plot because no, not we even, have to go through the plot. No. Uh, you. Uh, we can go through. We can go through it like on a tertiary so, level, like so on the top. The the crux Wait, of which, essentially. Which plot? Which plot do you want to go into? The plot I want to talk about is Cade Yeager's mm-hmm. story, right? Which okay. is Mark Wahlberg. He gets this um, talisman or something that attaches to him. Mm-hmm. This metal, and it's the crong over his arm, and he can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And he's been chosen for his heroics i guess for some i don't reason. know I don't, I, it's because like in the when he goes to save that to like try to fix that transformer or whatever right. the guy was like oh, oh you, you are worthy me. right <laughs> it's this, like a scene from green lantern where he, show, he saved the alien they're like here here you go here's the ring you get to be in green lantern. Yeah. Like so he gives him this thing that sticks to him it's like it's, it's going to protect you he's like i don't need this coin you keep it. he's like uh no i'm dying you keep it <laughs> so he keeps it and it's like no you have it yeah. no you have it no you have it and so then crazy anthony hopkins tells him that he's been chosen in this line of with Wiccans, apparently, or people who protect with Wiccans, with Wiccans, yeah, Wiccans. which I love was the play off <laughs> oh. of the word Wiccan for witch, which is the witchcraft they say came from Merlin lore, right. and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, so this is where Sam Witwicky got his last yeah. name. So it was like their one little ode to the previous and all these crazy which, pictures, which is kind of funny because in Michael Bay's own way, he just killed Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf, whatever. Because in that book, it was like. Sam Witwicky, and I think it showed a like. I don't think it had a death date. No, I have a death date. I don't think it had, it had a death date. Yeah, it had that ridiculous driver's license yeah. like mugshot picture. Right. I almost wish and they so, had really used his mug, like his real life mugshot picture. Pick, pick one of the mugshots. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, our pal you, Shia, Prime is in, in space. He finds his creator, who tells him that you know Earth is Unicron. <laughs> yeah. So why is Optimus is even crazier? In space? 
Well, that was from the last because he left. Okay. He left and went on like a space voyage. Yeah, but I didn't think he was like going to be frozen in space. Like, yeah, he, why did he, he left of his well, own he, accord? He, like, it wasn't like th- he... that was one part of the science that they actually got right. Is like he would have frozen. In yeah, space. I, but, I, I, I get, get that, but, but the, they've traveled through space and in a ship, not not without any. No, armor. but not all of but them. But why would you go to space? Like. <laughs> Did you know you were going to be a popsicle yes. just floating around hoping to Why find some that? purpose? Yeah. But off, you're supposed off, to be intelligent beings. Why would you fly in the space? Well, and if you, you think about freeze? like all the transformers that landed on Earth, like those, mm-hmm. they didn't land in ships. Like they show just transformer like balls comets. Of metal, yeah, they're just like, comets yeah. that hit the ground. Look, so I, I scanned a car. Now I'm a car now. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> and I get like the science. Yes, you would have frozen in space. Mm-hmm. So that makes like that the scientific part makes sense as we try to rationalize. Let's not pretend this movie yeah. it, it cares yeah. about science. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, like or the physics. very last scene. Yeah, physics. Oh, yeah, physics. No physics. Mm. Yeah. Scientists, do not go watch this film. You'll be very angry. Yeah. You you will be quite angry at <laughs> things yes, like I'll just probably meet his creator who tells him Earth is Unicron, which is even more bonkers. Yeah, than not actually else. Earth, but Unicron. It's Unicron. An ancient mm-hmm. being. That we're living on. Mm-hmm. And in order for Cybertron to stay alive, Cybertron has to attach to Unicron and sort of suck its life out to keep to bring Cybertron back to life. Right. Somehow this like gets Optimus Prime really excited and he turns bad and it's like I'm gonna go save my planet. So I don't think it was planet. excitement like based on like because she had him like hooked up yeah. and stuff. I think some BDSM stuff. I was like, Contessa no, I think it was in. like yeah, I think it, she was like torturing him. Like she uh, maybe he likes it. That that's at, he could be Wonder Woman. I don't judge people, but <laughs> at the same people. like, but it's it's like, one of those things where I think it was like a. Uh, what's it called? Like when you're like Stockholm almost Syndrome. Stockholm. I was gonna say yeah, yeah. almost Stockholm syndrome, where for like the five seconds that she had him captive. Keep in right. mind, like there were like was, two, there were like two scenes. Minute, but mm-hmm. like I feel like she tortured him into believing, which is why you see like the change of like. Which, eye like colors. I was like, where red becomes the evil color because it's right. all over Megatron in this movie, right. which Megatron has like no distinguishing. Like markers on him whatsoever. So nope. if you can tell him apart while you're watching this movie, I applaud you and I'll, I'll buy you a bag of popcorn because and aside that's... from when he actually introduces himself as Megatron, you have no idea who the heck he is. Can we talk about that Megatron scene? Which one? Wait, <laughs> you got like you got two to think about. The so. one where he goes in the desert to meet with, meet with the lawyers. About, oh, and like uh, about recruiting his team. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, and the suicide the Suicide Squad <laughs> suicide intro squad. of all of his favorite like how insane evil people? is that? It doesn't even fit in this universe. Nope. It does not make sense. So there is a scene. Where, so where basically bonkers. think of like Battlestar Galactica, how once a year, you know, they had to go meet the Cylons just in case they showed up and they could work out a peace deal. And gotcha. suddenly a Cylon oh, shows Cylon up and they're like, up, yeah. whoa, hey, what is this? With this, they call. They call him. They call Megatron. Somehow. How? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, call him up. And they're like, hey, we want to meet you him. in the desert because we need your help. Yeah, in the to middle of nowhere. a guy. To find to find yeah some they have flying drones and they need Megatron's help it was to uh, like how can they defeat like Quintessa or whatever no No, they they used him to find Mark Mark (laughs) Wahlberg Oh, to find Cade. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's but right. They, have they met in the drones. desert. Yeah. But Josh Tumel was there, so oh, that he makes was a it reoccurring okay. character. I was waiting for Tyrese to pop up. I know. Like, I was the, so upset that Tyrese what didn't it, come. What is ridiculous. Listen, the movie could have used him. The, yeah, one hundred percent. If your if your movie could have been saved by Tyrese, that's your movie something. is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so they call Megatron. He shows up, and he was like, "Well, for me to do this, I need, I need like, a team." And he starts, and he starts list, listing off people. And it starts panning to Transformers Uh, who are all locked up. Giving their witty one-liners. Yeah, Yeah, witty Mm one-liners with Suicide Squad, Mm -hmm. like, subtitles with their names. Like, the colors and everything. Uh, Uh, And and then the lawyers come back, oh, we can't do that. Oh, he's... Like, nope, nope, absolutely not. No, that's a no. He's a killer. Yeah. 
So oh, whatever. Gosh. So Megatron that happened for, forms his team. And that storyline goes nowhere. <laughs> Go, nowhere. Goes nowhere because they already knew where Kate was. They're like, we just need muscle. bodies. We like, need yeah, muscle. reinforcements. Yeah. So they do all of that. Mark Wahlberg goes on the run, ends up meeting up with Anthony Hopkins, who knows everything about the Knights and the psychotic butler. Uh, yeah, his CTPO. Although, like that butler was kind of one of the best parts of the movie, even though he was way his over sociopathic top. tendencies were awesome. I like I said before, I did not care for the line clearly stolen from Sherlock when he calls yes. him a psychopath and he's like, "I prefer sociopath." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "You don't." I was like, "No, no, you don't get to do that. You don't get to do that. No." But uh, like, no, his character was well-timed comedic relief because a lot of the other mm-hmm. jokes in the film were very forced and it's like hearing anthony hopkins say dude is oh. like i'm legitimately i don't know if i told you guys this but i legitimately think that like anthony hopkins may be like losing it a little bit like in real life yeah, like possibly. brain slightly being muddled because the last two or three films that i've seen him in, and don't get me wrong oh sorry sir anthony hopkins mm-hmm. um I love him as an actor. He's brilliant, yeah. 100%. But the last, like, two or three films, his lo- – I don't feel like they even give him a script. Like, I feel like they're like, just make sure that this is the point that you get across because all he yeah. does is go, it's a key lime pie, and but there are knights of the round table, and she's your lover. Like, there's no semblance or actual full sentence structure. He's, like, having a stroke midline and then eventually lands his point. So yeah. I really don't know like how you would even write that into a script or whether or not that's a personal choice. But he's made this just, personal just choice for Anthony like the last Hopkins three movies. Does Anthony Hopkins? If you can give yeah. him a script, he just has all kind of edits. You do, like, you I dude. I changed. I made it better. Yeah. He, he shows up with work. so much red. It's all red, red <laughs> and they're like, but Ben, he was like, uh, I'm Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Do you want me in this movie? And they're like, are you, sorry. sorry, are you Sir Michael Bay? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, never gonna happen. Um, so they go on this stupid adventure that just again. Aaron mentioned it before. There are like 30 plot lines. They're trying to stop the world from ending, apparently. Right, but only one part. Because <laughs> like it shows at one point when Earth is getting attacked, and we will not go too much into spoilers, uh, but at one point the Earth is getting like physically scarred. It's in the trailer. Oh, yeah, I guess it is in the trailer. Yeah, the, the subplanet of what. And my whole thing is like, okay, so now we're supposed to believe that Cybertron is actually still here. Right. Like, that was my biggest thing is that, oh, okay, so the whole, you know, our planet was destroyed and right. ravaged in war, which mm-hmm. the whole reason why you guys came to Earth in the first place. Nope, no, no OPS. No. Yeah, there's this godlike chick just cruising around in the remnants of Cybertron. P.S. It's still right. here. Not godlike. Like, apparently she is the, the god. Which, the creator. Yeah, yeah her name creator. is Contessa. It's a weird name yeah. for a With creator. a Q. Yeah, you need a better not, name. Not Contessa. It's wow. Quintessa, but like a K. Yeah, you need a better name. Yeah. And then, like, the world is ending, and people aren't acting like the world is no. ending. People are just... But at this point, I kind of don't blame jokes. them. No, I mean, but at this point, like I don't sex? really blame them, because it's... Yeah, well... Because, one, the world has ended in these movies every single time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I get, like, society at this point is like, I'm tired. Like, yeah. if it's going to end, like, Jesus, take the wheel. Just let <laughs> right. it happen. But at one point, there's, like, Cybertron's, like, scraping across Earth. Mm-hmm. And, like, they literally, the news says millions of people are dying. And, like, no one's acting as if that's actually no. happening. Because it only focuses millions on, like, of people. 20 people. Right. And that that is But Optimus it. has time for really long-winded speeches that... So many speeches. He gave, like, three like, of those speeches. Yeah, that are, like, today is the day. Like, I'm yeah. like, this is not Independence Day. And even then, mm-hmm. like, he gave one speech that rallied troops. Like, mm-hmm. you've given three in, like, a five-minute time span. Yeah. And then we have the uh, the scientific NASA spinoffs that everybody yeah. forgets about. Mm-hmm. That, like, randomly, what's Tony his name Hale. from... Yeah, yeah, Tony Hale from Arrested Development shows up, and he's apparently a NASA scientist mm-hmm. and refused to believe in the... No, he's a funny NASA scientist is 
way different. Totally different. 100%. Yep. Okay, I'm sorry. I concede. And all of a sudden, he's like, here is the science behind why this is happening, which I am the first person to be like, yes, science. Like, sure. preach it. Yeah. Do it. And he comes up with this concocted plan because he doesn't believe that the staff of Merlin is actually going to fix things. So he's like, here's the science behind how we actually fix it and how we can, like, kill Quin- do, kill do Contessa and mm-hmm. everything like that. And the storyline with him literally goes nowhere. Like, it's just yep. you randomly get shots of him saying, like, if we don't do this, we're all yeah. going to die. And I was like, yeah, we And we I'm like, Buster, yeah. go back to your show. Like, yeah. go back to Arrested <laughs> Development. But it's like, this movie is so full. I don't even want to say plot holes. It's plot chasms. Yeah. Like, it's the Grand Canyon of plots. Like, mm-hmm. there are so many storylines that go nowhere. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, Oh, well, we forgot about her. Like, okay, right. like, like the little girl. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, and it's like you brought her in to be a pseudo daughter for Cade because he right. can't talk to his real daughter. Which, right. why would another yeah. scene for no reason for no, served like, no purpose? Yeah. Dumb. And then it's like the, the thing that I did like is that Cade is the like Cade clearly has grown from the last movie to this uh-huh. one yeah. in his in his feelings toward Transformers. So like there are baby transformers on the like the oh, lot or whatever where mm-hmm. he's harboring the these quote unquote yeah. fu- like fugitives, and so minute. like he's sitting who there. Who gave birth to the baby Dinobots? The, I'm not what? asking those questions because I'm afraid okay. of those answers. Just want to know. But he's like rearing them, and he's so. But he's like he's he's having proud dad moments, mm-hmm. and like there are scenes that I love like that because then it makes in in retrospect it makes the scenes where you realize he can't talk to his daughter make more sense because you're like he is missing that fatherly aspect, and right. so it's like you know and he's so proud of that baby dinosaur for breathing his first flame, like and he sets his trailer on Literally fire right in front of yeah, his face though doesn't burn any of his facial hair off don't worry <sighs> also can we talk about how bad his fake tan is in that movie it's real bad. bad and it's like you orange can tell. and his lips are like pink white <laughs> it's so bad you can tell that there were a bunch of reshoots oh gosh yes yeah. because like his hair will be completely different scene to scene at one point so there were some uh i will say rumors even though they have been substantiated by people that i know yes <laughs> this film uh was not done in a like officially what's, done. what some would call in a timely manner right like it was like burning the midnight oil like we just got to get this done and you can tell there are scenes Still committed to and a half like, hours yeah somehow <laughs> so 149 minutes like and so like they will go to a close shot and it looks decent stage well shot well go to a wide shot that looks completely different that looks like it was in but a different set it has signature set. lens layers so it's okay yeah. right and then just back to the like it was just all over all over the map. I think that there were maybe 30 pages of script you in this entire yeah. movie. And 15 of those were action shots. Yeah. I mean, because like the script in this, the actual dialogue. I don't think anybody wants to own up to writing the dialogue for this movie. There's not real no. dialogue. There's like, people being snarky. Yeah. There are just quips so here and there. Sass. So, so much So many, so many one-liners. Like, so much says. And like, then they're, oh, and oh, oh, my favorite, my favorite oh, storyline <laughs> is the quest for Bumblebee's voice. Oh god! Uh, that has been going on for ten years. Yeah, that's literally been going on for ten films. Is trying to find the right voice box, and you know it does always provide you know humor here and there. Yeah. But it's like we get it. Like the you, quip machine. You, 5, yeah, it's like you can't yeah. you can't get this. But Bumblebee is a crowd favorite. Always going to yeah. be a fan favorite. Like from the first two thousand seven movie, Bumblebee yeah, will always be a crowd favorite, and that's totally okay. I actually kind of like that. There's consistency in that. He's getting his own movie. Yeah, I was like, and there are rumors that he's going to get a spinoff movie. But it's like, there are some things that I'm like, 
Yes, I. But I like the quest for Bumblebee's voice is something that should continue forever. Mm-hmm. And no spoilers, but a lot of this, like, there are moments in this film where you're just sitting there, like, oh, <laughs> why? Wait, what? Because yeah. mm-hmm. Bumblebee the, helped yeah. us win World War II, apparently. Oh, apparently. Um, <laughs> that that's that's new. He's killing the Nazis. Yeah. So He's a murderer. Apparently. This whole movie literally mm-hmm. tells you, like, gives a middle finger to the version of history that you've been taught that doesn't include Transformers, mm-hmm. right. going yeah. back to the 1600s. Well, because it was all hidden from. Where were they at during slavery? That's what I want to know. Ooh. Seriously, where were the Transformers at? They were the mm-hmm. boats. They were the boats. <laughs> yeah. So they're on the wrong side. <laughs> Transformer could be Autobot or Decepticon, yeah. so... Yeah, just... Where are the, the Autobots at? Um, they were sleeping in that ship at the bottom yeah. of the ocean. Yeah, right. They're just chilling down there. Like, you know what? Like, Rose out of the water for no reason. We have anxiety. We have economic anxiety. We're not going to be involved in this. <sighs> like, I'm stepping back. <laughs> there, are just, there are so many things. The ships. Plot chasms. The, the plot chasms. That bonker scene where um, Cade stops Megatron from swinging his sword. Which... Like a two-ton uh, it, it's, it's not, robot. A, I mean, that, <laughs> that, 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 that swings and sword. Spoilers, but yeah. No, I'm saying he stops him swinging the sword. Yeah. Not, we're not saying how, but because, all of a sudden it stops. Actually, it stops for, for the sake for the sake of the audience of this beloved podcast. I will tell you that scene because before we get to our reviews, I will I will tell you why. But that thing that Tim mentioned earlier, this like little talisman that he gives. He gets from saving. It's like a big coin, yeah. right? He's carrying around, and has like the Knights Templar cross on it, which goes into a whole different thing. But whatever, completely different knights. Um, completely different but they decided so, like, to make them the same. Whatever. Right? <laughs> so it crawl, it crawls on him, and in a pivotal scene, he uses that thing once. No, it yeah, it it like, turns into once. a sword, <laughs> and then we never see it again. We never hear about it again. Never see it or hear about Megatron weapon. again. Like. No. It just, Grimlock's somehow not in the final battle. Right. And you would think you want this one of the strongest Transformers. He was dumb, and that was always a, like, a funny player yeah. in the cartoon. But like Grimlock is huge. He is strong. Not he around. serves a purpose. Yeah. The, and the, the last, uh, to be honest with you, the, the last part of the film, I honestly could not track what was happening. Nope. I did not know what was going on on the screen. I didn't know what was going on plot-wise. And it's just a bunch of humans like sliding up and down metal. Oh, for but like don't forget they also push a little girl off a cliff when she's terrified and says she can't jump. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, they're like you they're like it. they're like no. oh you can do this. <laughs> Even crazy at the beginning of the film when like there's kids there don't bomb it and also he's like bomb it and it's like, like, no kids <laughs> there's kids there we we told us four times there are kids there mm-hmm. not to shoot and then the guy just pushes the button he's like oh yeah like, oh dang I forgot all right the oh. kids and it was the same guy same guy yeah. different guy oh the kids so so go, go see it guys it's gonna uh, be great. <laughs> I think that was oh I mean the, so what I said in the in my capsule review and Tim kind of alluded to it I did not think it was possible to be this bored while watching an action movie yeah. because our eyes and there was a reviewer and I forget her name it was either a nostalgia chick or nostalgia chic or something she talks about how when there is that much going on in the movie, our eyes are going everywhere, which is why none of us can remember. It's stimulus overload. Yeah, what happens right. in these movies? There's a lot flying around the screen. Like for someone with ADD, like it was really hard to watch a lot because it just kept going, mm-hmm. and like it makes you tired. In 3D though. In oh, yeah, 3D. we did see in it. In 3D. <laughs> so Lots of keep metal in pieces mind, flying yeah. in your face. 
Yeah. And lots of really weird sexual jokes in the film. Like, super awkward. Like, I was like, and not funny, but awkward. But yeah. awkward. Like, yeah, they the, weren't funny. Oh, that that was my other thing about uh, archaic forms of femininity. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. that despite all of her accolades, the lead female character, all her family wants is for her to find a man and to get married. Because, heaven forbid, <laughs> yeah. a woman actually just want a career and love what yeah. she mm-hmm. she does she, regardless like of having a partner She's, like, super in the side. film. One, like she has, she has her doctorate. She has like two doctorates. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. she's a an degrees. Oxford professor. And I'm yeah. sorry, but like, that's my dream. Right. Like the bod is like the best library in the world. Like right, followed closely by Trinity. And like that opening scene where she's in there, like, and she's teaching that lecture. I was literally sitting there, and I was like, "This is it. This is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh!" And then that was the worst letdown ever. Yeah. Like well, so bad. Like, the again, like the the super awkward sexual jokes. In that scene with her, her mom, her mom has like a tea group, you know, and she comes in the door with Mark Wahlberg. Literally yeah. a tea party. And Who's like 5'4", but whatever. <laughs> He's wearing lifts, so he looks taller. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, she's in like hooker heels the entire time. I know, right. she's got to be like a whole foot taller than him. But it's just like, that that particular scene was one of the most awkward because essentially it is, a, it is alluded to that her daughter and this man that she just met are upstairs having sex like the roughest and, and the mom, even, yeah, yeah, and the quietly. mom's group like, and the mom just, are like, just, "Ooh, we should so go listen." Like, what? They go to the they go to the house to look for ancient artifacts, essentially in her dad's old study, mm-hmm. and they have to tear apart the room to do right. it because, as somebody that has doctorates and understands the importance of history, she would very clearly be the first to destroy an entire room it. of ancient artifacts. She mm-hmm. would be the first to throw old bo- like. I can't stand scenes where they rip pages out of books. Like it, physi- <laughs> it physically hurts me. Mm-hmm. I don't even fold corners in my books. Well, but to not. watch somebody that has all of these accolades we've discussed, right. who mm-hmm. again, it's almost like she forgets that she has these accolades, right. destroy a room full of these things was upsetting. On top of all that, because they're making so much noise, her family's tea group assumes they must be having insanely rough and loud sex. Yeah. So they're sitting at the end of the stairs listening to this, what they believe is sex going on. And then awkwardly, her aunt or whatever is like, I'm going to go take a look. Like, and so, that's where this, like, the, but that's where the scene ends. So I'm just sitting there like, do they just walk into the room and they see it's just trashed? And they're like, like oh, they're like, good job. <laughs> Proud of you. Finally, like it, it just felt like an ancient, like show us the sheet kind of, yeah. pretty much mentality, and I was like, <sighs> yeah, it was good time Transformers. It was like they were, it was like they were beating a dead horse, revived oh God, the I horse. Hate, I really hate that phrase. Of phrase revived you know? the horse and then beat it to death again. <laughs> yeah, so I'm terrified of horses, but that oh, yeah. that phrase like legitimately just like I forgot. You're not not even for the terrifying like part, like just the idea of beating a a dead animal in general, mm-hmm. but yeah. also a dead horse that could. Come back to life mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. So all right, so we we could talk more about it, but we're not going to. Uh, <laughs> to the official rating system of the podcast, okay. uh, there are three choices when you rate something. There are no stars. There are no grades. Those are for other podcasts and other reviewers and other critics. You have three yes. choices: okay, good, bad, or ugly. A good film can range anything from, like, it was a solid film, it was well executed, to it was the best movie ever. A bad, you know, it was not terrible, you do not regret sitting in the theater. An ugly, avoid at all cost, you would never recommend it, so on and so forth. So, because this is your first time on the podcast, you get <laughs> oh, to go first, Aaron. First, what is your official rating that's for Transformers really, That's really hard, night? because, as you said, like, there's a lot of nostalgia that comes with this, mm-hmm. and so... 
you know, going into the theater, I didn't have high expectations because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you don't go see Transformers movies for the scripts. You go for the action scenes. You mm-hmm. go for, like you said, that nostalgia fog that you have right. over your eyes. So part of me wants to say bad because I know that I'm a harsher critic than most people when it comes to this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I truly feel that it's ugly. Like I want to, I want to say <laughs> bad. Truth. Yeah, I was Speaking like, I want to. I'm a preach it, but I, I, I want to say bad. Yeah. But I feel it's ugly. Does that make okay. sense? Like I, I'm so a your, qualifier. So I'm your a qualifier. official rating is ugly, though. Ugly for myself, bad for other people. Nope. You have okay, to ugly. One. I'll just go. There ugly. we go. <laughs> ugly for myself, bad for other people, but also good for other people. No. Can I choose all three? Right. No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ugly. Ugly. It is. All right, Tim. Uh, I'm gonna have to agree with Aaron. It's ugly. It's it was exhausting to watch. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, those two and a half hours felt like five. Mm-hmm. And I watch a lot of bad movies, and it just right. it, it just took a lot to get through. I'd rather not watch it again or see it again. Like I really, I literally woke up the next day and I was upset. Yeah, and I was upset physically. Keep in mind, also, there's 700. I calculated this when I wrote my review. There are 762 minutes of Transformers films since 2007. Yeah, every movie is two hours plus. Yeah, this was the the longest. biggest waste of like no this wasn't even that's the thing is this wasn't even the longest what? movie that he's made no not the longest wow. i was like it felt like it, it was felt like the oh, it yeah. felt like i was watching i haven't seen it but it felt like what people have told me it was like watching gone with the wind like that it's an insanely long movie mm-hmm. but it's really not that long like most movies nowadays let's let's all agree like they they could have been cut much shorter than sure. what they are it's like right. lord of the rings started this domino effect of oh mm-hmm. my gosh people actually will sit in theaters for two plus hours to watch a film the difference was with lord of the rings are like people will sit in there when the script is good when the acting is good when the cinematography music is good. Like, like everything like yeah. those were but ever since then have you noticed that movies tend to trend definitely on that longer, longer side yeah. of the two hours this felt like one of like probably some of the longest this felt like a graduation ceremony like right. the longest two yeah. hours of just my life. waiting for your kid's name to get called exactly. you're like, i gotta sit through all like, these i'm kids. playing six rounds of candy crush and like until yeah. i know that we're on the last name letter that my son's in Mm-hmm. I went to a wedding once where there was a song between every part of the ceremony. Oh my gosh! Wow! It was like a prayer, a song, uh, a, a scripture, wedding? a song. No, there were so <laughs> no many because songs. I know that they do that. Like they have mm-hmm. a prayer for every section there of the wedding. There were so many songs. I was like, is this crazy. is a, this were feels they good like song a concert. Though? No, <laughs> I wish you guys could see the look that yeah. he just gave me when no, I asked that not. question. I was like, this is the longest ceremony ever. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, all right, my my official rating for Transformers: The Last Night. Absolutely, 100%, no doubt in my mind, ugly. This was not only one of the worst movies I have seen in years, this like this catapulted into probably my top five worst movies of all time. Dang. Yeah. Like, this What's movie, number one? I'm, I'm not even... Like, it What's fluctuates. number one for you? Of worst movie ever? Yeah. So I have one that always comes to mind, but I legitimately think that I'd have to think about it to find it. But the I think it's called The Happening. Yes. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Mark yeah. Wahlberg. And Zoe and I love me some Zoe Deschanel, M. don't Night get Shyamalan. me wrong. But uh, that Night. movie where it was like the trees. Yeah. It's like wind, the wind blowing is supposed yeah. to be scary. Well, mm-hmm. like the wind blowing is what like caused this pathogen or whatever to like mm-hmm. tra- like it's just there were so many other ways you could have done a metaphor for a movie about climate change. Right. And yeah. like the trees are like essentially the system of nature was self-regulating itself. Yeah. And there were so many other ways that it could have been done. But literally that whole movie I was sitting there like, what the heck did I just watch? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah real yeah. bad. So again, just this was the ugliest ugly that I think I have ever reviewed on the show. The ugliest ugly. The only, I think the only one that, I trashed on as much was Alice through the looking glass from last year. Oh, that was bad. 
It was another just absolute oh, yeah, dumpster mad. fire. Did you see that? I did. Oh, I have yeah. a lot of <laughs> mm-hmm. no about actors. Uh, I have it's a lot Depp. of yeah. I yeah. the thing is, I respect his craft. I do not respect his person. Yeah, and yeah. it's how I felt about Casey Affleck winning last year. And mm-hmm. Rippy Affleck. <laughs> yeah, we've called this on the show multiple times. Yeah. But it's like I got into a discussion with somebody else about it the other day. Like we continually reward a system that is broken. Yeah, in so mm-hmm. many ways, but specifically in the arts, you know, we continually reward actors who settle things out of court to keep people quiet. And yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. as a female. I constantly get asked with these allegations that come up like, oh, well, why did it take so long for somebody to say something? Like if she, this really happened, like she would have oh, reported God. it or my favorite adage of, well, she asked for it or what was she wearing? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't yeah. care if she wants to walk down Main Street naked. It's still her body and she has her rights. Right. But the system that we have in place and I had a prime example the other day. Thank you. Like, I will only say thank you to him this one time in my life. But thank you, Bill Cosby, for proving why women do not come up and say anything. Yeah. 60 women reported this mm-hmm. and yet you still ended up with a mistrial. Yeah. And now he's going around saying that he's going to be teaching town halls. Yeah, to I young know, men. Right? No, no, no. This is the best part of my favorite phrasing to young men on how to how to avoid sexual assault charges and accusations not how to avoid sexual assault (laughs) or don't assault people but how to get away with it yeah yeah thank you bill cosby (laughs) the only one you'll ever get from me thank you yeah one of the triumphs uh that we have had in the past few years when it comes to cinema especially when it comes to reboots and Mm -hmm. these franchise tent poles that everybody's trying to do again lord of the rings kind of started that path was it Lord of the Rings or was it Spider-Man? Spider-Man, well, I mean... Spider-Man's been redone so many times. No, but the first like, Spider-Man. Yeah, the Tobey Maguire oh, stuff. Oh, Toby. But I mean, everybody wants to do these big world-building epics. Right. Franchises. One of the series that has been really successful with that, arguably the most successful I would, since I was going to say, I would definitely say probably the most successful. Is okay. the Planet of the Apes reboot. The four movies in this rebooted Apes franchise. These have been... Four? Cons- Three. Well, it was Planet, Rise, Dawn, Dawn and war. war. Okay. Yeah. And then they're already on. Well, no, uh, the war, war is the latest one. No, I know, but they're oh, already. No, 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 Rise of the Planet of the Apes was the first one of this reboot. Yeah. Rise, Dawn, War. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I look, this is the third so one. So Planet of the Apes was just the last one that they left off before the reboot? Well, Planet of the Apes was like the Mark last Wahlberg. One. I was like, was, well, was I was Wahlberg. like, okay. So, <laughs> so this is the Mark Wahlberg happy hour. Um... <laughs> Man, he's done some trash. He's also done uh, some great movies, does, though. Yeah, like, that's just movies. it. Is he, he, there are some movies that... He'll do anything, apparently. Yeah. I think that he's bored. And for some reason, I honestly respect bored actors a little bit more because yeah. they like to they like to just flex their craft muscles. Right. And right. I don't say I don't say that as a play off the fact that Mark's, Mark literally flexes his muscles and everything. All the time. But yeah. like, there are some movies that he's done that I will forever love. One of my favorites, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to be oh, not going to no. take shame. No, I love The Other Guys. No, it's a great with movie. With Will Ferrell. Oh, okay. I thought that was one of the most underrated Will Ferrell so movies. Funny. Like, <laughs> their chemistry between the two of them is brilliant. But then it did, did not step, translate then to... Stepdads with Will Ferrell Yeah, I was like, also. and then Stepdads. And there, I, was like, didn't, coming out. I was like, did not translate well at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, but the mm-hmm. other guys was gold. I freaking yeah. love that movie. Deep I'm Water a Horizon? peacock. You gotta let me fly. Deepwater Deep Horizon? Water, I just watched that the other day. And that was really well Solid done. movie. The Fighter? Patriot Day? Four Brothers? Not so much. Four Brothers? Four Brothers? Luda Luda. 
And it, like, he, so he's done really good stuff. And so when he does this trash, like, I legitimately don't know whether or not he bothers to read the scripts or if he just lets his agent be like, hey, like, you're going to do this. It'll be good for you. And he's right. like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I've got a Lifetime movie to film in two months, I so know, we're good. Right? Like, he's, he, for me, like, bored actors do Lifetime movies. Mark Wahlberg just does whatever he wants. Like, he, right. I've yet to see him in a Lifetime movie. But I legitimately, I told my mom this like a month ago. I was like, I wonder if like actors when they're just bored and want something to do, we're like, hey, what lifetime movies do I have in that yeah. stack of you know scripts? Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was the 2001 movie with him. It was Tim Burton directing it? Oh gosh. Then it got rebooted and starting with with Rise. So the latest one that is in theaters. If you were listening to this on Wednesday. It comes out, I think like the week after that. Has Matt Reeves directed all of them? Uh, I don't know if he did. Ooh, let me see that. Actually, I think so. I know he did the last two. They um, all have similar qualities. Yes. So. I'd assume he did, but what do I know? And for the record, listeners, this is the one that I have not seen on this podcast. So mm-hmm. No, but, no, but it's okay. It's okay. I can still, spoil yeah, it for I can, you. No, it's okay. I can still engage in conversation. So he, he, did, <laughs> he, did, he did Dawn and War, so okay. he did not do the first one. All right, he did, la- he did the last uh, two. But yeah, the last two. So, Tim, how about you set up War for the Planet Wow, of it takes place sometime after... <laughs> Dawn. Dawn. Mm-hmm. They don't know how long. Caesar and the apes are living in the woods. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a group of soldiers coming to find them, led by Woody Harrelson. Why? Uh, they're just trying to kill. They feel like at some point it's going to be the apes versus them, so mm-hmm. they're trying to win this war to, mm-hmm. because they're going to be citizens. Then there's some... So the, the, the disease that killed off most of the humans has mutated and is causing some humans to not be able to speak. Mm-hmm. Which, to to regress, regress. In, in their evolution, a lot to like evolve. the humans in the original Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. where they yep. can barely talk, and so they're, they're just like to Ooh, grunting, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. cavemen. Okay, so there's a disease that's going around, and um, so they come after Caesar and his family, and Caesar decides he's going to find uh, Woody Harrelson and get his revenge. So him and a, him and a few of his buddies head off to an unknown campsite. Mm-hmm. To find him and get revenge, and that's where the bulk of the movie takes place. Yeah, like the bulk of the movie takes place on at, like at this like camp. Okay, so camp. like getting to that point. Okay. Mm-hmm. The thing that struck me right away with this film, this film was gorgeously shot. Like, oh, the that's first, not the thing that struck me. It was the, like this is a slavery movie. Well, yeah, that's that. That very <laughs> much. Like, there are a lot of. It felt like a slavery. I'm not even kidding. All of the movies though are like well, even more like, so than the other one. No, this this one like... is, is pretty heavy. There are very there are some Auschwitz type. Yeah, overtones. So a lot of parallels. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, but the first the opening scene, like the first ten minutes, takes place in the woods in the forest. It looks like the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And yeah, it well, just like, are, well, they're, it's they're supposed they're to be north, in the redwood yeah, forest. They're north. It's yeah. supposed to be in the redwood forest. Well, they forest. start in the redwood forest. They're somewhere else. They're like they probably shot it in Vancouver. Probably. Probably. Um, uh, but it just like it was just stunningly gorgeous. Just the cinematography choices, everything like you felt like you were in this world. And that also speaks to the credit of like if you go back and watch Rise, the one with James Franco, the CG was was good. It was it was really good. But whenever Caesar would move or jump, it got a little fuzzy. In this movie, seamless. I mean, it All is very fluid. It is incredible. Hmm. And you I, forget you're watching Apes. I mean, it it's it is kind of crazy. It is so immersive in that sense. And I've said this before: give Andy Serkis an Oscar. Yeah, like John Malkovich in Rounders when he goes, "Give that man his money." Yeah. With this, give that man an Oscar. Like they create a category. 
even if he wins it every just year, just give him one. Just it be will like, be, hey, can you come up here and take this Oscar? It will be between him and Doug Jones. Honorable mentions. No, look, legitimately, like, he deserves it because again, you could watch this and be like, oh yeah, but he is just only providing that. Watch the behind the scenes. There are some behind the scenes. I think it is on their official YouTube channel where it shows a side by side of him with all of the dots and then the rendered version. His like he is moving his face. He is walking like yeah. He was on the Graham oh, Norton man. show I was watching last oh, night. I love like, the Graham Norton with, show with mm-hmm. like showing how he walks as Caesar with like these sort of like prosthetic things. It's crazy. Yeah. But has he done all of them? Yeah, yeah. Okay. all of them. <laughs> like and he's done all of them. It is it is just so believable, so immersive. The voices like it's every like everything tracks, and that is the other thing is like there is that uncanny valley. You know they kind of talk about with cybernetics and also CGI where there's that like cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. with this like watching Oh you mean it. like all eyes on me when the voiceover for Snoop? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah like that. But with this like watching it if if you did not know any better if you were from another planet and you came down you're like this is a documentary they just did. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, I mean it is like wow when was this ape war? When did that happen? <laughs> Why is this not in our history books? Yeah. I will say this one of like one thing that I always think about, and I know this is like a dumb thing because legitimately, like that's the whole point of movies is every time I watch a film where people do dumb stuff, mm-hmm. I'm legitimately like, has like do movies not exist in exactly. these worlds of movies? Because I'm wondering, like especially like in horror films, yeah, like, I'm about to say, I'm like, I'm like, like oh okay, you think now's the best time to take a shower? Yeah, or mm-hmm. yeah, please come with me, boyfriend, down this creepy ass road yeah. by myself, or creepy road, excuse me, creepy <laughs> road by myself. Where like oh there's nobody's gonna murder us because we're together yeah. like it's mm-hmm. perfect like so I literally wonder I'm like do they not have films in the world of film yeah no. like but in this like and but in this one like it it feels like they're doing what normal people would do mm-hmm. right and when people are smart in movies it just it means that they trust the audience mm-hmm. it means right. that they're like not playing things out yeah. or yeah. yeah I mean that is my big problem with a lot of zombie yeah. movies only a couple of zombie movies have actually referenced zombies within the film and right. but this like it just it is believable it's, 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 it's like the, it's a pretty straightforward story you know mm-hmm. for yeah. me that the thing that really struck me as i was watching the film is it's the scene where the whole apes are stronger sort of callback oh, man apes are stronger together together it's, yeah. it's a beautiful scene mm-hmm. but it, it was like how are all it's literally this one human character in that whole scene Mm-hmm. And there's so much emotion from these like these CGI apes yeah. talking about apes or sh- apes being stronger together. Um, that's what makes these films great. There's all these emotional beats that the films hit, and they don't have anything to do with any of the human characters. And imagine being in that scene. So I'm Woody Harrelson. Yeah, you are Andy Serkis or any of the other because like again, watch the behind the scenes. Everybody is in that dot makeup. Yeah, or dot not makeup, but all the dots, all the CGI mapping. So you have to act looking at somebody with all of those dots, all of that gear yeah. around them. You have them. to use your imagination to see them as that character. Yeah. And they nail it. Like that, the emotion is just palpable. Like you can tell how seriously everybody took this film because it just, it works. And also you kind of get, when, once you understand Woody Harrelson's character, you kind of get why he is the way he is. That, that makes yeah. total sense. Like, oh, well, that makes sense. So how do you feel about him in this movie? Because he's always a wild card in films He's a wild me. card. Like he, like it, so it's like you never know which version of Woody Harrelson you're going to get. And But I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that about him. And I respect him as an actor for that. It's this a good is, performance. Yeah, this is his most, I think, completely serious role. Like mm-hmm. yeah. there are no breaks in his character, relatively speaking, uh, until, you know, something happens. But I mean, like what he, he plays 
that hardened they call him general i'm not sure if he's an yeah. actual general but like that like he has seen some stuff yeah. and he plays that the whole time and yeah i mean it was his performance was solid all of the humans were solid there's like three uh, of them because really like, realistically on. like it only focuses on a couple the little girl yeah again when you take when you take a character like she is and you see her in some of the trailers she does not really have lines but does not she doesn't have any lines in the film yeah, I guess I guess no one. No, knows. yeah, she does kind of like maybe one or two like actual lines. Right, but every scene that she is in, you feel it. You, you feel, feel her presence. It. Yeah, and then when you see her like holding on, I mean everything about it, like it just this movie is. I will not say rough in a negative sense. I'm saying, like emotionally mm-hmm. with Transformers, yeah. it was emotionally just it made you angry. This because it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, this is. It made you feel. It made yeah. This all the feels. All the feels. All there the were feels there were critics in that. our in our screening who definitely got glassy eyed. Good. Um, so but yeah, so it goes on. Uh, Caesar of course needs to you know help out you know the apes and they go to this place and they have to kind of break out. One of the things that that Tim and I talked about that a few other people have talked about is the score for this film. Yeah, I was a huge fan of this score. Because it is very subtle for the most part. For the most part. There are a couple scenes where it is almost vaudevillian. Yeah. Like this like caper vibe, you know, in like the 1950s where the music ramps up in an unnecessary yeah, you way. Do that. It's um, a little over. Well, I was like, and at that point, sometimes it like really pulls you out of that moment exactly. because you're like, why yep. the heck it, it is didn't that need so it. loud? Yeah. Like, so that was just. But the beginning has like the old mm-hmm. original Apes music, which okay. is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, so it's I, mean, like, hey, I know that. It's from the real yeah. It's movie. like as and they did it a few times. Yeah, so just like really subtle ways of just like I was like, but that's a good like for them to tie that in. I think is a really beautiful thing. Yeah, and and it worked. And again, it was not shoehorned in there. Sure, it just it worked within the context of the film, and just overall, like there are only, I think there's you no know, Jimi Hendrix song, of course, because you cannot have a movie with military in it. It seems like without Jimi Hendrix, right? Other than that. I think that was the only licensed song in the Everything entire else movie. Instrumental. Yeah. yeah. And so it just, it really, like, <clears throat> it forces you to kind of pay attention mm-hmm. in the way where if you can forget the score is happening but still feel it, huge That's success. That's really well done, yeah. yeah. So that that was a big thing with me that I really appreciated. So as far as, like, original scores go, so I know for me, like, as a, as a singer, like, music is very important. Mm-hmm. And musical choices, scores, things like that. There's still some scores that, like, I will get the same feeling every mm-hmm. single time. Mm-hmm. So, like, for for me, like, hearing you guys describe this, I think, is really important. And I think it's a part of movies that a lot of people don't give nearly as much credit to. Right. Because I truly feel like the words, in my personal opinion, the music tells you how to feel. Mm-hmm. The words tell you what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it's like there there should be an equal partnership between the two because there are movies, and I mean, it's like, look at silent films. Like there are yeah. movies entirely based with music where they tell you both what and how. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, it's like there are scores. Like one of my favorite scores of all time, Makalai Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. Well, Great, score. fantastic. Love score. that score. Yeah. And when they redid it slightly for this last one with mm-hmm. Chris Pine, where yeah. they made it that eerie, just singular piano, like lack dun, of. Dun, I love that. Dun, like when dun, it was like. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I feel like literally like there's like a dead girl playing in a room <laughs> on the piano just for funsies. Yeah. Like, 
a score is such a beautiful thing that I think it's overlooked. And so hearing you guys describe it this way is is brilliant. Like, and I, I really can't wait to see One it. One of my favorite yeah. scores is uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Really? It's great. Mm-hmm. Interesting pull. It's a great score. Yeah. Well, I think the, the thing that a score does, again, it can be subtle as long as you feel it. But then like with Jurassic Park, Tinker, Ta- Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, there are those recurring themes in mm-hmm. it that right. you can sing or hum for a long time with this one. You might not have those moments, even though it kind of pulls from the originals, but it still works. Mm-hmm. Like it's so still, engaging. yeah, right. So, um, what did you think of the of the bad ape character? I want to curse him out, man. He's he's getting on my nerves. Yeah. So that there's is a character. Is there a challenger? Ape? Ner- he's, he's there's the always there's always a challenger ape. He's the worst. He's so, the worst. If you were if you were to. If you were to like to compare this, like if you were to if you were to call Caesar one person, right. who would this bad ape be to Caesar? Like if you were to say like Caesar Judas. is okay, uh, I was just gonna say like oh I, good. But, but the thing with Judas though is Judas knew what he was doing, or actually, well, if we're going with Caesar, it would be Brutus, not Judas. Though. No, I was calling it like hit the okay. lead ape's name. Uh, I don't even know his name. What's Caesar. His name? It's Caesar. Yeah. Caesar. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was saying Caesar, not in like actual like Caesar is Caesar, oh, okay. but like if you were to call Caesar like. Hitler, like, yeah. who would you say this bad ape was? Or Caesar is Trump, who would you say this bad ape was? I, America, uh, but... Yeah, yeah. And with this character, like... <laughs> I was like, I don't even know where to pull from that. Like, this bad ape character basically is the comic relief. Oh, wait, bad ape. Yes. Not not the not the oh. bad ape. That's what I was asking, because I thought he was saying, like, there was a villain, like, there the bad a, ape. There, there is a like, bad ape, okay. but there is a character is named there, bad ape. I was okay. just going to say, but I was like, it sounds like there's an actual person called bad ape. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that was what the, I was like, where are you going wait, with what? Yeah. Okay. No, 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 so We're I was confused. The there's an actual character named bad ape who's the comic relief. Yes. Okay. Is he like, voiced by Steve, Steve Zahn? Zahn? Yep. Um, He's funny. So he's an ape called bad ape. Yes. Okay. And he's got all these like delayed reactions that are mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. And it's what we're thinking as an audience. Mm-hmm. Which is like, oh okay. no. Like, again, like, oh, like, no. like, 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 we're about, about, like we're talking about, sometimes in movies, you need that person to yeah. be like, whoa, whoa uh, we should go this way. And they're yeah. like, no, but we should go this way. The battle's there. And they're like, yeah, yeah we, should we should go, go this way. way. Yeah, like, opposite way. So it was a character that with the first few interactions, I was like, yeah. is it going to be too much? It it took some time, mm-hmm. but again, but they like, drew it out. It just like it pulls at you, like even towards the end. Like he kept wearing human clothes. It was the funniest. <laughs> that was thing. awesome. He had like a blue vest, he had like a vest. Ray. I was cracking up. You have all these other apes, like you know, traipsing around in the snow and everything, and you and have this like, one, like in he had a blue, vest and, like, and like a beanie, like running around. It's so hipster bad ape. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's like so. I I was worried that it would be a little bit too much, but it 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 played itself out, which was good. Yeah, because if it had. It could easily have been kind of overdone, mm-hmm. but the arc it had and everything about it, and you get to know the character and feel for the character, even in those moments where he's like, oh, no. Like, you're like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> he's right. Oh, no. Oh, no. What is going to happen right now? Comic bubble appears. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. He's, that, he's, he's a great character. Mm-hmm. So, so, there's also, so then what's the... what? Who is the character that is literally a bad ape? Uh, the, what's his, don't they give him a name? He's, like, working with the with the humans and just... Yeah, the is he using? Who remind you of like Steven from them? Django? Like just yep. thinking he's part of the clique, thinking that he's down, and they're like, so he's just like, bro, they're not, they don't really mess with you like that. Like mm-hmm. I know you feel like you're part of the club, but they're not messing with you like that. And he's just like part of the AV. Shut club. up, right? <laughs> shut up, Caesar. Uh, and Caesar's we, like, all right, you'll see. Yeah. Do you remember Koba from 
the other films. So in this one, they do a really fascinating, uh, not twist, but like Caesar starts having these visions. You know, I always thought for some reason you were going to say Caesar starts having the seizures. And I was like, (laughs) Caesar having seizures. Um, We get get some Koba flashbacks. We get some Koba flashbacks, but it just, it is all shaping as Caesar is becoming more of this leader, as becoming everything that like he ne- again like he did not want this it just yeah, kind of happened. happened so he had to grow adjust and accordingly with that when you lose someone that you considered a friend when they like it was those moments were do again you, just do tough. you watch the walking dead no i haven't started i am probably one of the jumpiest no i'm one of I'm the just, jumpiest people you'll I'm ever find right like <laughs> i'm sorry but like my sisters literally used to hide behind corners of walls in our house and yeah. jump out and scare me because i scream literally like i'm being murdered every time okay. like it they it like okay. a show like that i can't do because it would cause me too much really actual anxiety it's things like jumping out or like no score and then all of a sudden you just hear somebody scream like right. things like that mm-hmm. like during even Transformers, there were jumpy moments where I apparently like what, hit what? I hit Jose. There was some. There were, what like, did you the, jump? The, the like machine, things like, like shooting out of your flying. face you and guys, stuff. Come on. Like it's not even like it's it's not action. Like action scenes don't bother me because you're already in the middle of the action. Jump scares get you. It's it's jump scares. Yeah, gotcha. it's things like that okay. that I like, like I have to stay away from because they like get my heart rate pushing too much. Like mm. so, <laughs> I like carry an inhaler with me. Okay. Do you watch The Walking Dead? No. I'm a couple seasons behind because it started getting okay. just dumb. So for Walking I Dead fans, this won't ruin the show for you. But like, I'm it, gonna watch it so you can ruin the show for me. It's uh, it, you know, so Caesar Copa relationship reminds a lot of like Rick and Shane. Oh, for sure, and absolutely. In this film, you get to see kind of what you saw in Walking Dead, which was like Caesar's becoming more like Copa, even though mm-hmm. that's something he said he hated. And yeah. just like we saw Rick sort of have to adopt some of what Shane did in order to survive. Like I was gonna I, say, yeah. but it's all a matter of survival. Like right. he may have hated it because it. I think he hated it because it was very opposite of who he was right. as a character. Mm-hmm. But he also never really understood why Kobo was the way that he was. And so it's one of those things where, as you're saying, like as he adapts and grows, like mm-hmm. there are sacrifices that you have to make within yourself. And I think that's like a really good parallel for what we do on a daily basis. Yeah. Is, I mean, yeah. there are things but, that as you grow and learn, you have to give up. You have to shed those things in mm-hmm. order to survive. Yeah, we, we, like we were talking about, it comes at night. Like. Even yeah. in that film, it's people doing things that are way outside their character because it's part of their survival. And they, they just have to do it. This guy, I got to do it. I might have to murder you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I always told myself that like, if there was ever a zombie apocalypse or something like that, I'd probably just lay down on the ground and let him kill me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, I, only only because I, I know myself with, well enough you can to know my team. I could never kill somebody. Like, you can join my team. I'm really good at other you things. Don't have to kill so, like, it's like if I don't have to kill anybody, <laughs> right. I'm fine. Like I can cook, I can you clean, can our, I can. You do, can be the comic relief on our team. I know how to suture. Oh God, I'm really good at being comic yeah. relief because I'm literally useless. If we need decals but... for whatever, we got you. <laughs> Contaminated know, area yeah. decal. Right, I know you got us. Like there's dead in here. You can just mm-hmm. make a sign for us. It'll be like an emoji with like X's. Yeah, they're like oh. Nice. Thanks. Now I don't have to go inside there. No. So I literally always said, like, if like as a herd of zombies was coming at me, mm-hmm. I'd literally like lift my arms up and be like, Jesus, take the wheel. Like, I'm done. Because I, 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 I can't a, see them as anything but people. They still have faces. Like, I, have plan, I, I have plan A, B, and C for the zombie body. Oh, for you sure. You stop at C? A, a, I stop at C. Because after C, then I'm dead. Fair enough. A yeah. is if they're not going to bomb out the city, mm-hmm. that I go to a Costco and I just hold up in Costco. Okay. So you like so in your you can scenario see A, there's only like a city that's been infected with this zombies, not like the world. Not the world. Okay. It's a city. Okay. But they're not gonna blow up our city with nukes. So we can stay in the city. We're stuck in the city. We go to Costco. There's one big entrance, a couple entrances. But mm-hmm. everybody goes to Costco. Well yeah, we get these people out of there. A couple entrances. <laughs> so kill kill the regular people. I didn't say kill anyone. <laughs> I said just get them out. 
Mm, we can see mm-hmm. from the rooftop. We can a nice vantage point. Mm-hmm. There's everything you need in the Costco to survive for a long time. Plan B is just to head north. If we got to get out the city, we're heading north. We're going to Alaska. Mm-hmm. We're in the cold. Physics say zombies can't really uh, land. Last although the they made two Finnish zombie movies, uh, Dead Snow. I don't believe Dead that's Snow even physically too. possible. Yeah. Well, I think that also, it's possible. It, but it, I think if they'll there's move water in your body still. But there's water in a human body. Right, but but that's why we stay warm. But the zombies don't know to put on like a, a North Face. They're zombies. They're going to freeze. But I I'm guess so in Dead Snow, they were Nazi zombies also. Nazis. Well, they're just fueled by that, hate evil. <laughs> like, that's that, different. Yeah, they're yeah. fueled by hate. So if they're actual zombies in the cold, they're going to freeze or be slower. And yeah, I was I, like, I see slow slowness more than freezing. You come out and mm-hmm. just murder them. Freezing to second I can death. do that. The third is to get on a boat. Nope. Yep. Sorry, you lost me at Plan C. You don't, oh. you don't like boats? I live Are you in afraid the water. of boats? No, no, no. I live in the water. I love the water. Like, right. I am a fish. Like, Why not a boat doing the Z-Pot? Number one, I have I have motion sickness issues. Mm. Uh, number two, sitting in a boat crowded with other people. Like, Who said it was crowded? I is it just team. you and me? I got like, a small team. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not, you know. How did you choose this team? How do I know that they're all worthy of being on this boat? Well, you have one of okay. them right here. Hi. I have to broadcast. Yeah. I was just going to say, know. so what's your, okay, so you're a broadcaster. Okay, mm-hmm. broadcaster yeah. John. Yeah, I have a few people. It's a handful of folks. Yeah. Okay, so what what are we going? So we're in the Pacific Ocean. Right. Are we heading north in Before said boat? Before we go through yes. the zombie apocalypse north. plans, which we can save that for another episode. Wait, we're going to head north in okay. a boat. Okay, we'll head north in a boat. Okay. Head north in a boat. I need like six parkas. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I get for cold sure. Very but the Antarctica, we're going to kick it. Yeah. That's south. Uh, south of oh, Antarctica. Yeah, whatever. North yeah. <laughs> Santa, we're coming for you. <laughs> right. Please don't be dead. <laughs> Please don't be a zombie. Um, so awesome. someone, what a great Santa movie. Zombie. It happened. It was. Of course, it did. Um, he just shows me eats people on Christmas. Oh, I'm trying to think he's about it. Comes actually, to the chimney and just like one. he's like, you want some cookies? He's like, or people actually. leave out like a cup of milk and like brain cookies. Yeah. Okay. Here's your gifts. We're on this. So, yeah, yeah, we're on it. We're guess, a live broadcast it. it too. All right. Uh, so back to war, war for the war planet of the apes. Sorry, for the planet of the apes. Um, you do get these super intense battle scenes. Yes. Also, that were. Yes. Incredibly well shot. Like Matt Reeves is solid. Like we what talked. What is he doing next? He's doing something next. What is he uh, doing he, next? There was something that he announced. It's like a big movie. Yeah. Um, the sequel to the Mummy. Quick. Oh God! Don't do that. Uh, Put that thought out there. Bride <laughs> <laughs> of Frankenstein. Well, I mean, he he was attached to the Batman. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We will. Mm-hmm. We will see. Batman. We'll, we'll Batman. see what happens with that. But if you've got any of this kind of action, like, I'm, I'm with it. Yeah, I mean, because he knows how to shoot it. Like, there were not really very many, quote-unquote, wasted scenes. Like, no. There, there are some scenes maybe a little bit too long, whatever. But no filler scenes. No. 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 It's all, like, it's all moving the plot forward. Everything makes sense. Uh, the third act has a couple of weird moments in it. Um, what? Woody, Woody Harrelson has kind of a, a turn that was kind of interesting. Um, what the end of the movie? Yeah, is it interesting? Like, it's... it was quick. I, <laughs> is, I, it is, is it quick? No, it's not quick. You just don't know what you just don't know what happened. I, yeah, I guess that that is part of it. Is like we'll talk. For, we'll talk. Yeah, yeah off my. But yeah, I, you just don't know what happened, and then you realize what happened. Like, oh, this is why this yeah. thing happened. So, uh, but yeah. So some of my notes for this, like, yeah, it was just it was gorgeous. Uh, everything from the regular shots in the forest with the humans to the absolute genius level cgi work yeah. for the apes yeah I, I it blew me away yeah uh so two our official rating for this one tim what do you give war for the planet of the apes it is a good mm-hmm. it's very good it's you know 
it's one of the best franchises out. They really strung together for a franchise that started with like I was like whatever they're doing this movie again mm-hmm. to being one of the best ones that they've made in years is quite the leap for me. They, it could have been trash, but they really put a good team together. They have a great story. Andy Circus and his and the team of people doing the apes are fantastic. Yeah, um, it's it pulls at your heartstrings mm-hmm. like a some Holocaust movie I'm watching. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm not even no, kidding. It, like it, it really does. Like, I was like, why do I have so much emotion right now? They could have renamed this Caesar's list. Yes. Uh, oh so my gosh. <laughs> uh, uh, so not something that you want to drum line solo on. Yeah, Damien, yeah. Damien said yeah, that. Damien told the Shout out to Damien and, and, and Jessica uh, from the Totally Nerd podcast. Yes. So I mean Caesar's because list. it just it has those overtones. Yeah. It, and, but it is, and, not, and it's not too preachy. You just like, yeah. oh, I know, I I know this feeling because I've seen themes, these movies before, yeah. so I know I know where these feelings are coming from. And then, but then, and they they absolutely nail it. They nail the ending, mm-hmm. um, and it, it just felt good coming off of Transformers to see something that was like, oh, yep. this is how you put together. In, in a row, we saw Transformers, Forty Seven Meters Down, and All Eyes on Me. So it was like mm-hmm. this trilogy of trash. And then, yeah. oh, I love that to come to this movie and see like a competent film being made with a good story, mm-hmm. some good acting. Um, yeah. And just it just was refreshing and all. As far all as the ending goes, was it indicative of a next film or was it just a good uh, you know, closing I ending? Don't know. They, they could. They that's could. good. No, yeah, I like. I like that. That's I don't not know. like. They, they could either guess what happens they could do next film. time. They could do either. They could okay. do either or. Yeah. As far like compared to the first two, which were definitely lead up. Yeah. Yeah. This one, if they if they ended it here, it fine. would be okay. I'd be satisfied. If they, they came out with another one, it's okay. Yeah. So my official rating, obviously, I kind of want to see a fourth one. I kind of do too. Uh, my rating is or do you is think a good. It just, you know, leave it where it is. No, no, no. I if it is you as think good it as could, this. Okay, I was yeah. like, I was like, because you know, like some movies get to that point where it's like the pinnacle, and yeah. you're like, this was so good, I can't, I can't list so many good things about a film. Right. To where the next one, you're like, yeah. I wanted it to be on that level, but it's hard that, to maintain that level. Yeah. So yeah. this one, it it was a good. What was funny is so because we got to see this two weeks early, almost three weeks early. Yeah. We were officially embargoed yeah. from saying anything until, I mean, by the time this episode drops, embargo, the, the embargo is lifted. It's up now, right? Uh, Monday. Technically, Monday. we're recording on Sunday. Yeah. Um, Hello from the is, past. Yeah. Everyone. What is funny, though, is like so many of our critic friends, when you watch their social media, they were like, I'm officially embargoed from saying that this movie is one of my favorites of the year. I'm officially embargoed from saying that. <laughs> so yeah. just like, so we get these weird, you know, embargoes, which yeah. is fine. But... Yeah, this is seriously one of the best movies of the year. Yeah, like this was really, really solid. So yeah, good. Could go easily, it. it could easily be in my top ten when the year's up. Yeah, uh, but it is. I I will give this out. I will put this out there again. It is grim. It is. Yeah, it's, it it's is not, an emotional. Yeah, it's not a fun journey. Like, I love that. <laughs> it's not a fun popcorn. Hey, fun movie, but it's, it's good. It's probably really not a date good. night movie. You know, it could depends. be, but it like it, it could be a date night movie if you're ready to feel things. If like you, go in. If you want to have a nice conversation about oppression. Yep, inequality. Yeah, absolutely. I love having those conversations on dates. But like, it was one of the ones where like I had some popcorn or something, so I kind of like felt awkward eating, eating it. it. Just like mm-hmm. yeah, really much fun here, bro. What's this, going on? This is a really tense moment. Crunch, crunch, yeah. crunch. So yeah, two solid goods uh, yeah. from Tim and I. Now to a movie that all three of us yeah. got the chance to see. Yeah. Uh, Baby Driver, Driving by babies. Edgar Wright. Love this uh, movie, right? Aaron, do you want to set this one up? Oh, wow. Uh, Aaron, set up. Oh my wait, gosh. Hold on, let me turn. I'm so nervous. The first time. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, Baby Driver is the story of a uh, young. It takes place in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's a story of a kid named Baby who, when he was much younger, lost both of his parents in a tragic car accident. Um. He 
he's had music as a part of his life, his entire life. He had, you know, his, you find out as the film goes, his mom was a singer in mm-hmm. the car accident that they had. He had an iPod and mm-hmm. due to the car accident, he's left with tinnitus. So he has a constant like hum or, ringing. you know, ringing in his ears consistently. So he has his headphones in for pretty much the rest of his life to drown out that hum. And so um, as he's growing up with his foster parents, uh, he decides that he can boost cars um, and that he's really good at driving. Well, that leads into him boosting the wrong car and being in debt to essentially a crime boss mm-hmm. uh, who is Kevin Spacey. Um, Baby is Kevin Spacey's driver for all his foreseeable heists in the future. He considers him his luck charm and everything along those lines. So the story kind of picks up right in the middle of the action. And I love that. I love mm-hmm. that like the very beginning right. of the movie starts with a heist. Like, oh, the opening is great. Yeah, the yeah. opening is so <laughs> brilliantly well done. Um, and so, you know, you like you learn a little bit more about Baby, about who he is and why he is the way that he is, but it's pieced together throughout the, like at least the first half of the film. And I love that. They didn't give everything away up front. Absolutely. Right. They timed it very well to where you, you kept finding new layers to Baby as a character as the movie kept going on. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then you meet Deborah. Deborah is, you know, a character that, of course, is the love interest. the love interest for the film, and she's a waitress, uh, she's a waitress at a, like a little fifties uh, diner. Um, where his mom used to work. Yeah, his like he kept coming there because it was where his mom used mm-hmm. to work. Right. Um, so he falls in love with Deborah, who, of course, when they meet, is singing a song uh, that spells out his name B A B Y. And mm-hmm. so I, my favorite part about this whole movie, like. The musical cues were just so yeah. brilliantly yep, so done. Good. And as I said before, like as a singer, like music is a really important thing in a film. Mm-hmm. And the soundtrack that they chose, because they were for the bulk licensed songs, yes. all, all, so all perfectly chosen. Mm-hmm. I was good. like, everything was done in an almost blues brother way where hmm. the musical cue, it felt like a musical without people breaking into song yes. in the middle yes. of the street. Absolutely. And it's like down to song Jinx. lyrics mm-hmm. literally being like imprinted on buildings yeah. as mm-hmm. words or, uh, you know, him building a song out of the sounds that he hears on the streets, things mm-hmm. like that, like shooting of guns to the rhythm of music. Right. Like it was very brilliantly done. Um, but synopsis wise you know he finally pays you know kevin spacey off or whatever but guess what he's not really free like like at almost any crime movie like you're never really you're not done until (laughs) i'd say that you're done suge knight all eyes on me yeah (laughs) pretty much and so um ends up doing this other heist and you start meeting other characters that kevin spacey uses for him uh he has uh john ham because he never uses the same team twice so he says that he never uses the same team twice but then he uses one team in the very beginning which is where you meet john Mm ham and then he uses like almost the exact same like half of that team Mm -hmm. with the exception of one character for this the the last heist in the film uh the wild card is jamie uh Fox. Jamie Foxx's character named Bats, who is exactly <laughs> as his name describes. He's bat crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I really liked that they had a lot of competing agendas, but it yep. didn't feel like it was competing plot lines. Right. Yeah, that is a great way to put it. Because So everybody kind of had their own reason for why they were doing what they were doing, but it never felt like they conflicted with one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They all just kind of tied in. Similar to kind of one of the other great heist movies of our generation was Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Oh, I you were the say. remake. He, it, well, yeah, I, I was thinking a little bit more. But he, yeah, same thing. Where <laughs> they all had their own things. They all had their yeah. specialties. They all had this and this. But it was all they going all worked towards, together towards yeah. one thing. So I mean, the movie is essentially him falling in love with Deborah and wanting to leave this life of crime behind. You mm-hmm. know, 
hit what is she like hit the hit the highway with just you me a car and some tunes mm-hmm. and you know like like almost you know any any movie that you know ends up with a kid in the on the wrong side of town you know it's mm-hmm. but it's heartwarming it never feels over the top it doesn't feel like the love story is forced yeah it's cheesy but in the best way and it's not predictable at all no yeah there well there there was one scene that i was like this is totally yeah, gonna happen. Clearly, like there there, there are <laughs> little things scene. but that's also one of those things where like you you kind of just know that these things have to happen so mm-hmm, it's not yeah. one of those things where i felt like they were just setting it up for this to happen it's just something that you knew had to happen it's there was the only way out of yeah, it it was not necessarily yeah it was not that predictability like oh i bet this and this and this it was like for this storyline to work this has to happen yeah and the ending was perfect pretty good ending i mean so yeah Overall, I mean, yeah, that was a great synopsis. Good Thanks. job on you. On your, you're really good at this. Thanks. Um, I try not to like tangent too much because I'm like, I have to be like, okay, backtrack to what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, so the, the musical cues in that first opening Ugh. act, being someone who grew up loving and being in musicals my entire life, it was just, I was just smiling from ear to ear. It was I inc- took three notes that whole movie. <laughs> what nice. were your notes? Uh, it was like, I took a note on, I did put two character names down and then I put uh musical cues and then I put uh I put one other thing down that I can't remember. But if you had seen my notes for the mummy or Transformers, it was like scribble, three scribble, three scribble. to four pages worth of yeah. notes. This movie was so engaging. I li- uh-huh. I had I had I put my notebook away at one point because I was like, you know what, there's really no point. I was like, if there's something yep. that happens that I need to write down, I'll get it. I was like, but I am loving being yeah. fully engaged in this film and Edgar Wright did such a good job down to the casting choices. Right. Mm-hmm. These casting choices, the script was brilliant. The script was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And it was an original script yeah. it just seems like these days. It's hard to come by. Yeah. Okay. We get a lot of them. They're just like small indie films. True. And like, this this has that indie film vibe because with it's production, like with with, with big budget production. film production. Those car chase yeah. sequences are no joke. Subaru no represent, joke. like, yeah. shout out to Subaru in the whole movie. Yeah. Like, kudos. To, uh, and there's, like, a shout out to BMW, I think, in yeah. it, too. Yeah. But what was crazy is, like, and I was talking to somebody about this film uh, earlier and about product placement in movies. Right. This one, nothing. <laughs> Transformers. Right. Uh, Transformers is the biggest offender for that. Do you want an uh, ice cold, refreshing Bud Light? <laughs> to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> but this one. I mean, this is a car commercial, but it focuses on so many different makes and models, mm-hmm. and yeah. not once he drives a bunch of different cars. Yeah, and, yeah, and but not... it's like it's like buy a car that can do what you want for your lifestyle, not buy this specific car oh, yeah. that's good for car chase scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, there were no scenes of him being like, "Oh, I need a Subaru WRX, mm-hmm. blah blah." And it was like, "Nope, I need a car. I need a car." Yeah, mm-hmm. and so like he hops around from car to car, and that was great because it was. It was not in your face. I mean, and you see a lot of emblems and a lot of makes and models of these cars. Like they end up in like an old school, like 80s Land Rover. Yeah. Like. yeah. But it's just like everything makes sense. Mm-hmm. So and in, in a big budget action movie like this, to balance romance and action. And not have it end up like yeah. Fast and Furious. Yeah, it's almost impossible. Yeah. And this one, like if you're going to do an action movie with romance, take this template. Perfect. Yeah. It's, it's funny because the movie has like a bunch of crazy action sequences but also has like a very 
La La Land-esque meet-cute between the oh, two of them sure. and the laundromat. It's like, oh, it actually has this in it. Then it has some really funny shootouts. And like, well, and it's like the like the movements, because they're sharing a set of, essentially yeah. there's like this laundromat scene where they're sharing a set of headphones and opposite right. ears. And so it wasn't like they could be side by side. It was like one character had to face forward and the other character yeah. had to have their back to them in order for their ears to be on the same side for it to work. And as they move through the laundromat, it's this beautiful dance yeah. that right. they do where they have to essentially rotate around each other, but they flows so beautifully and so naturally that you don't realize that you're watching a dance like it's a pas de deux of the laundromat like it's mm-hmm. it's so, like it's uh like I really I'm still processing that movie yeah. because there are a lot of for somebody else that like I also grew up doing musicals my whole life there mm-hmm. were so many things about this mu- like that I said like it was like a musical without people breaking into song and dance on the street yep. it was so brilliantly done and like I said the casting choices Kevin Spacey looks like he's having the time of his life in this yeah. movie he is having so much fun <laughs> being the big bad wolf like it looks like he's, he's literally like living his best life even though like he went back to some of his Kevin Spith Ke- Kevin Spacey isms which is like that deadpan delivery. I right. love that though. But he nails it. Like he's yeah. one of the actors where he can do a deadpan delivery and you still feel everything, everything. that he is doing. He's like, that. oh, really? Yeah. And it's like Crazy. that is all you need. Like that sarcasm. And, like, and this is probably one of my favorite Jamie Foxx performances in a very long time. I will say that this is like next to Ray. This is one of this is my favorite Jamie Foxx yeah. performance. And I just yeah. have a I and have an attachment not just to like Ray Charles. A thug. So. He's like, as a, as he's a guy. Crazy. Who's crazy? He's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and you and like that some, scene where they're in the diner yeah, and he's reading dying, yeah John yeah. Ham and what's her name and he's like let me tell you like I know your story and they're like you don't know anything about me Jamie like, and he's boom, like boom, boom, let boom, me boom. tell you this and like reads them like crazy it like there's a normalizing aspect to that though for me right. for Jamie it's it's you realizing that he's still a person even though he's batch crazy and you don't yeah. want him on anything but your side at the same time you're like no he's a person that probably has had some sort of disability growing up to where he was still able to be a very good people reader and a people observer and like his brain manipulated these situations into a life of crime because as you hear like in every heist I guess he does this like ramp up speech yeah, where right. he like <laughs> tells every, like he gets him it's, you can tell it's really more for himself than anybody mm-hmm. else in the car but he's essentially saying like we're going to take back what's ours and so like it's very clear that he had a very rough life growing up yeah. whether it be due to like a disability or you know parental issues like it's clear that he has seen some stuff that has made mm-hmm. him this way but he's self-prescribed crazy and it's almost like that manifest destiny thing where he's like i've been telling myself i'm crazy for this long so i better be crazy like i have to live up to this but it was so well done with him i never felt like it was over the top never felt like he was just being crazy to be crazy i legitimately felt like he was like this is how it works in my mind Mm -hmm. the scene with the michael myers mask is so funny oh Oh my gosh and that was in one of the trailers so good yeah (laughs) even though it's in the trailer it was still michael myers Mm -hmm. No, from the movie. This is from the movie. (laughs) (laughs) The Halloween movie. It's his Halloween mask. Yeah. Yeah, It was pretty good. I mean, and that was the thing is like, not only is this an action movie with romance, legitimately funny. Yeah. Like Baby having all those sunglasses. Oh, oh gosh, that was so great. Smacks it, smacks it off his face. Pulls the like, uh, mixtapes. <laughs> yeah, the mixtapes. The mixtapes mm-hmm. were great. Like, you know, for somebody that has auditory issues, you know, he records a good portion of his life, which mm-hmm. unfortunately for a criminal is probably not the greatest you knew. <laughs> use yeah, of no. a recorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but Baby takes these life interactions and he makes mixtapes because it's something that he loves to create music. And that was another aspect that I loved yeah. is that they were like, it's not just he likes to listen to music. He like he, he likes to feel those rhythms and those beats. And the fact mm-hmm. that they made his foster father deaf, mm-hmm. I yeah. thought was a very important choice. Right. That was it awesome. was so good from somebody whose life revolves around music to somebody that can only physically feel music by putting his hand on a speaker. Right. So perfectly chosen like Edgar Wright I want to hug and kiss you like this was so beautifully done I am like I'm so excited for people to see this yeah and it just from beginning to end it was it was solid um the choices that were made because Edgar Wright is one of the in our generation one of like the pioneers of kind of this new wave of indie cinema you know, with everything from Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, indie cinema uh, with big film budget. Right. Like, <laughs> like when you watch like Spaced, mm-hmm. which is his old TV show with everybody that you see. That you see in all Cornetto his films. Chills, yeah. You know? Like Spaced is just like a really simply shot movie. Then he did Shaun of the Dead, got a little bit more money. Then did Hot, Hot Fuzz. Fuzz. Had a huge end of the world. Like, I mean, it was just seeing his growth and then seeing him do a movie like this. Right. It's Even literally has... like the journey of a director becoming like that culmination of director. Absolutely. Because right. like even though he has a bunch of money in this movie for crazy explosion, the car chases. He doesn't use it. Like it still feels like an indie movie. Right. Yeah. So he used that money very wisely. Yes. Yeah. And Probably like, license yeah. music. I was going to say he used it to buy the <laughs> to, to buy the rights to the soundtrack. But it's well, just. Thing is like, and the good thing with the soundtrack is. Only a few of those songs are like songs that everybody is going to know. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them are like indie songs. There's a young MC song that most yeah. people are going to know. So they're of the whole soundtrack, maybe like four to five. I think most people are going to be like, oh, yeah, this song. But a lot of it, like a lot these... of people are just going to buy that soundtrack on iTunes because yeah. there are so many good choices there. Yeah. There's a Danger Mouse song on there. Yeah. So it's like, I think it's like an old Ronette song in there. It's just it's. It was just really well done. And he goes to a record shop, which I love record shops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it made me want to listen to music. Yeah. Yeah. He had 12 different versions of an iPod. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he had a bunch of iPods. Which yeah. that, the sparkly that, that, that was That, <laughs> that is the only one. critique that I have for this film. Like, and I told you guys after the movie is the mm-hmm. timeline didn't add up. Like whenever, yeah. it, like you see his parents, you you see like this sepia film like that you get in movies when it's trying to say like, hey, P.S. Back in the like 70s. the seventies, yeah. like they put this toner over the shot, and so, but it's like the seventies, but they're giving him an original iPod, mm-hmm. like a first generation, yeah, was like, one. yeah, it was like which came out, <laughs> and so uh, they're giving him an iPod, and he's listening to that iPod in the car whenever they get into the car accident. Mm-hmm. He keeps it and it's damaged and everything. He keeps right. it, you know, for nostalgia purposes, and then you. Hear Hear, like you fast forward to hearing Kevin Spacey say like he was boosting cars like he's a big car booster from back in like 95 and it's like okay so the timeline shot of the 70s when he was a child and then it was like 85 or 95 because we still can't agree on whenever that timeline statement right. was but either way it would make him like 40 when this movie is being shot and so it's like it's very clear he's not 40 in the film so mm-hmm. it's like the only critique that I would have for that is just to tighten up that timeline and mm-hmm. other than that like that's literally my only critique about the film. And even that, like, it still flows within the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm just overly yeah. analy- analytical Yeah, I mean, like, so, like, we noticed it, but it was not something that was like, oh, man. Like, that throws everything off. It was just like, yeah. okay. okay. Like, was that like an iPhone 7 in All Eyes on Me? <laughs> still do not think that happened. I'm like, hey, why is he FaceTiming Shook Knight? <laughs> See, this, but this is why I would want that job, is yeah. for those mm-hmm. consistencies. Um, or everybody that in movies talks on their phone upside down. Oh, gosh. Yeah. What, what do you guys think about the lead? You guys like love that choice. Yeah, love that choice. Elgort. Elgort. 
I mean, I I don't really know much of his stuff because he's done a bunch of like teen dramas and he had cancer and then the girl had cancer and then hey. they no and don't talk about fault it. in so our sad. stars it's so sad. i cried yeah he's been in a couple of different things he was in, i know he was in like was he's it in insurgent the, or divergent yeah. or? the divergent series he's the brother and they did that ex- like both of those characters are in the fault in their stars like yeah. so Shaley, Shaley Shaley Willie Willie is, Willie is, is the lead in divergent and in the fault in our stars interesting but i what i loved most about this is that usually in these roles you have somebody cast that looks like jason statham yeah. You have somebody mm. that's like this big, bulky, yeah. muscular guy that's like, yeah, oh yeah, P.S., I'm a driver. Like, like, like yeah. Channing Tatum. Exactly. And so it's like, <laughs> right. but it's like, I love that he did, he chose a character that's a little, like definitely younger mm-hmm. and has, pun intended, a baby face, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And he chose him. He's not muscular. He's not even really nerdy. He's just, he's just a kid. Just a guy. Yeah, yeah he's just, just, a guy. just a dude. And it was like almost slightly James Dean-esque. Nice. With the choices mm-hmm. and like the 50s flashbacks and stuff like that. But it was, I thought it was a very, very smartly chosen opportunity. And almost like I would like to see a movie that has a character like Jason Statham that has some sort of physical disability because I also would like that representation to be like, you don't have to look like just an average Joe right. to have right. these physical impairments. Mm-hmm. But I really thought for this movie, like if they had chosen somebody like Jason or Channing, yeah. like it wouldn't have worked at all. Yeah. No. At one point, yeah, if, if you had. For some contrived reason, if you had taken his shirt off and he has a six pack, and you're like, why? Yeah, but unnecessary. Yeah, this, like, this you're not, not Mark Wahlberg. It, so. <laughs> so dumb. Why does he need to do that? My uh, wife beat her. I got sweat on it. Let me uh, change it six <laughs> times in this scene. Um, but yeah, so I, without really knowing his other stuff too much, right. he crushed it. So, and John Hamm, you know, is kind of rocking his silver fox <laughs> look that he, <laughs> he has. Wow. Ha cha cha. <laughs> Uh, Jamie Foxx is great. The other... Uh, I think it's Elsa Gonzalez. Yeah. I, I don't really know her from I don't anything either. That, that I can remember. She's like, I feel like she she's going to be a force to be reckoned with after this movie. Because I thought she, the character that was written for her or mm-hmm. the character she played, she did very well. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Yeah. Uh, Eiza Gonzalez. Yeah, she got that yeah. scene at the convenience store when they're at the, the gas station. She's in the backseat talking oh, about him. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. she's great. I was like, she's, you, she's the, the, the the way that I would think about her is legitimately is baby. Like, so as far as J, like uh, Ham goes, like mm-hmm. she would be the devil on his shoulder and baby would be the angel. Mm-hmm. Like the parallel, like even though he's not the central part of a story, like John Ham's character, you can tell is very conflicted about yes. a lot about, you know, mm-hmm. his past life that he lit he led before his life of crime. Mm-hmm. And so you can tell that in a lot of ways he's like, do I really want to do this? And she's like, yeah. You want to do it. Like, mm-hmm. do you want this? Because you want to do it. Yeah. And so, like, I felt like it was very, like, again, casting decision. She didn't, she had maybe, mm-hmm. what, 10 lines in the whole maybe. film? Yeah. Like, but she had some good, solid monologues. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't just like one liner. She, I didn't feel like she was just the pretty face. Like, yep. and I liked that. Like, she had I, her own agency. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, she was still very feminine and very strong at the yeah. same time. Mm-hmm. She can wield an AK like nobody's she business. She could wield an AK. Two of them, which at the again, same time. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, Listen, um, I'm fine The with guns that. did look very plastic in this film, yeah. though. Well, again, like, he might have so, a bigger budget, but you still got to stay with it. Sure. It's not a Transformers budget. <laughs> it's so. not bad. Yeah, but look what they did with their budget, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. So, for Baby Driver, uh, I will start with this one. Uh, this was, again, like Tim alluded to, we had not just one, but two palette cleansers after Transformers. Baby Driver absolutely gets a good... Uh, it was just, it was a solid film. Beginning to end, music choices were great. The chemistry between the cast was great. It did not veer too much into romance or veer too much into action, veer too much into this. Like, 
everything just worked. So, yeah, my rating is good. Tim? Oh, Aaron, after you, please. Aaron, your official rating for Baby Driver. Uh, 100% on good. Um, I will say that it's probably one of the best films I've seen in 2017. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think that this will be for everyone, but I I think that the bulk of people will will thoroughly enjoy this film. Like you said, you know, the chemistry is perfect. Yeah. Um, You know, and it's very nice to see even the music changes through the the film. Like, I will always talk about music. Mm Mm-hmm. The movie starts, you know, happy and uplifting and this kid is trying to find his way. And, you know, like, but when he has those, you know, those moments where there's, you know, like this tension between him and Kevin Spacey, like the music changes slightly. Then he meets Deborah, and the music goes back up and he's, you know, this lovesick puppy. And so he's listening to a bunch of happy, peppy 60s music, which is totally my jam. I love 60s film like mm-hmm. music. Um, and then as the movie turns, obviously it goes down a definitely darker path. And as that darker path happens, like the music choices are very clearly done to to prescribe that feeling within him. And I can tell that he's very torn emotionally mm-hmm. and he doesn't know what to do. And so like the the music was just so well done in this film. And I, I literally cannot sing enough phrases about it. It was Edgar Wright, like bravo. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Tim, follow I'm that up. I'm going to go with the good. I'm <laughs> echo what you guys said. It was great. Great music choices. And also John Bernthal, who I forgot, was awesome at the beginning of the film. He, yeah. He's great. Mm-hmm. I forget. I, every time he shows up in a film, because I was just watching the 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 accountant the other day. I mm-hmm. forgot he was in the oh, yeah. accountant. And he's great. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, a, it's a great film. He has uh, a he has a great scene. In his, it is in one of the trailers and in the very beginning of the film. So that's not a spoiler. When they rob the first place right. and they get out to the car and like, are there any points to like go forward and baby just rips the car yeah. in reverse yeah. goes, like a little moment like that like is he slow that is, was just is, 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 yeah. is, is he slow yeah yeah uh it's a great film i think i think like to echo what aaron said it's not necessarily for everyone um, but i think the people who do go see it they'll love it and they'll like i want to see it again like, yeah. I mean, oh, like, yeah i'm gonna go see it I, again like, i need to see this again it's yeah. it's, it's a fun action doesn't really feel like a summer movie necessarily, but no. it's like a great action movie that's got some comedy in it and a sweet story. It's it's an original story. Mm-hmm. It's not predictable. It's it's what you want. It's what I when I fell in love with movies, it's, it's kind of the kind of things that I wanted to see. Like something that's just just different. It's not yeah. you know It's almost genre bending. Yeah. It's not like, like it, a three it, it act flows structure in between that, like, yeah. genres. It does. It mm-hmm. really does. It, like you said, it feels very much like a musical at times, but also a comedy and also this Romantic crazy crime thriller action, and also this yeah. action movie. It's all these things sort of blended together. And, um, it but it's all. It, but it's, it has just the right portion of everything to make With it mafia well. mob undertones. Yeah, yeah like it, and it takes a hell of a director to pull that all mm-hmm. together without it feeling overwhelming or like Transformers or, in thirty or going off directions. a cliff at yeah. one point. But yeah. being like, okay, that's too ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's not that. It all feels the same. And honestly, so one of my favorite things that they show in the trailer is there are also citizens that get involved in this film. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like, oh, we robbed a bank and then ran away and got away with yeah, it. Like, there's no it was, police around, no other people exactly. around. Exactly. So like it was, it was realistic in the fact that like, like, oh, somebody saw something wrong happening and they tried to intervene. Also, mm-hmm. Killer Mike is in this movie. Is he? Yeah. Wait, what scene? That scene when when when, the, when Baby and Deborah out at dinner and they cut to Spacey in the corner. He's talking to Killer Mike. Oh wow! At the restaurant. Yeah, that's Killer Mike. I was like, what is? Wait, I was like, oh, they're in Atlanta. The wow. At the fancy restaurant. Oh yeah, that's right. And he pays for the. Okay, yeah. yeah now I remember. Wow. Yeah. Way like, to pick up on that. Yeah. Thank you. I have good nice. eyes. My glasses. Uh, because uh, I mean, this movie when it premiered at South by Southwest a few months ago, blew everybody away. It won the audience award. 
Um, Friend of the podcast, uh, Matt Oaks, mm-hmm. uh, sang his praises after he saw it. He said he really enjoyed it. Yeah. So. And he said he would have gone to our screening, but he had other plans that night. So, I mean, he was like, I, I cannot wait to see it again. He yeah. So, this movie, I mean, is, yeah, is going to be, I think, really successful with a certain crowd. And it, but I think it will get starting to get it, a lot more. It'll be more something that people watch on Netflix who didn't see it in the theater and be like, "Why didn't I watch this in yeah. the theater?" Ooh, it'll be that film. Yeah. I think, like, oh I think, man, when did this come out? I think, we'll get some, movie. I think it will get some attention around award season. Uh, I don't for know what? for Soundtrack. what though. Uh, because I I don't know because it's not an original song. I was like, it's not original. I was like, so it's like it's, it's gar- almost Guardians song. of the Galaxy esque, and I kind of I did like that like. The first uh, soundtrack yeah. choices for Guardians of the Galaxy, like were all like you said, like you know there were a, a handful of songs that everybody would recognize. Mm-hmm. But then because of those songs, it led people to explore, like oh, what were those other songs that I really right. liked? And I feel like this would do the exact same thing. But like you said, they're not, there are no original songs. Maybe in the screenplay, film. depending on what else comes out the rest of the year. Yeah, maybe that could be it. I mean, it is an original screenplay, so. I mean, I love him, but I doubt it's going to be director. No, no, uh, no. No, he he will not get any love for but that. It, it, I think, but it'll be a film. I think people, when they do see it, will like, we'll remember. Was, yeah, yeah, nice. Like if you love Fast and Furious, like this would be a movie. This is like a way better version of those. Well, movies. it depends on what you love about Fast and Furious. Yeah. Like, it's a way better version. It's got, I love it's got the better, romance. It's got Fast better and romance. <laughs> it's, it's got better better car scenes, I'm, which yeah. is even crazier to think of. Fast and Furious wins on scenery, though. Yeah. Well, I don't need to see like the statue in Brazil a hundred times. Like, I get you're in Brazil. Yeah. But why? It always dies. Like, it always is destroyed in action films. Yeah. You got to show it. All the yeah. landmarks the have aliens, to be destroyed in every action out. film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Uh, cool. So I think that about wraps it up. Uh, due to my recent Twitter poll that I did uh, uh, your Twitter poll? last week, where there was going to be a new segment uh, on the podcast. What? I know, right? So the there were three choices, and okay. the the one that won, you voted. Shut up! Did I tagged I you in it. Yes, America, get out and vote. Um, so the new segment is called "What We Learned." Oh, theme song. No, I don't have a theme song for that one. Uh, I was like, the more you know, and shooting star. Right. We have we have Aaron sing nope. a theme song for the show. Mm-mm. Yeah, maybe you'll be a part of every show. Imagine so, that. <laughs> Imagine that. So the theme, basically the this this "What We Learned" segment <laughs> is just the the recap. Okay. So, all three of us gave Transformers, The Last Night, an ugly, avoided at all cost. What did we learn from it? Porn did... stars make good professors. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I learned that Michael Bay does whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Despite critics, despite actors, he's just going to do what he wants. That's yeah. what I learned. And I learned how exhausting it is to watch a movie like this. Yeah. Like, no matter in the middle of an action movie... I seriously was falling asleep because there's too much going on. Your eyes are moving around. It makes you tired. Yeah. It's like a workout. Yeah. It's hard to say like what you like because there are things that are obvious in this film as far as what I learned. Like mm-hmm. it, I learned that you know, some new. people do anything for money. Like, okay. Yeah. Like they're like, just destroying those like? franchises. I want to ask Jerry Carmichael. I want to like hit him on Twitter. And be like, Man, what was that check? Like, yeah. Like, what did you buy? Maserati? Like, what did you do with this? 12 money? of them? Like, I don't. Right. So for me, it's like Transformers. What did I learn? Um. <laughs> this is an audio yeah medium. and again this this is a new segment this so we, is, we can uh, flesh it out you but know, it's just like I, goes, I really but... don't know like i walk the problem is is like stimulus overload for me yeah. it, it shuts a part of my brain down and so right. a lot of this movie i i especially because we did see it in 3d like oh, it was gosh. and i have mm-hmm. i have depth perception issues so i really i try to avoid 3d movies yep, in we general. try to also <laughs> we i do 
this movie had so many things going on. And I, I think, I guess what we learned was stick to maybe three plot lines at the most. Oh, and <laughs> I, for a Transformers yeah. movie, yeah, stick yeah. to three. Um, and as I described to somebody, there's a certain level of suspension of disbelief that you have to have with Transformers movies. Keep yeah. it under a seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This movie was a 14 out of 10. A human stopped a two-ton metal robot from swinging a sword. Once. One hundred and sixty-five pound power. human being did that. Mm-hmm. One hundred sixty-five. I mean, he's got to be one sixty-five, one seventy. Yeah, probably, probably. He's not that, he's not that. Oh, because he's five-four. Yeah, he's a short guy. Um, but he's in shape, though. He yes, he is. As we saw. I was like, I was once. like, feel free to change your wife beater in front of me. Anytime oh. you want. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, okay, and then War for the Planet of the Apes, which uh, Tim and I each gave a good. One of our favorite films this year so far. Yes. Uh, it very well might end up being that at the end of the year. Uh, I learned that the seamless transition of technology that they have and the emotional ability that they can convey, what just it continues to just blow me away. I, I was just I was so impressed by that. I learned that the apes are coming for us and we don't stand a chance. <laughs> it's a wrap. Yep. <laughs> no, seriously, I learned that... Uh, Andy Serkis really does deserve an Academy Award at some point. I don't know how. I don't want it to be this award he gets after he passes. I Mm -hmm. hope it's something to give him. You can give him his flowers while he's still here. Just appreciate what he's done. Not just this franchise, but all everything he's done. Um, So he's he's one of our treasures in Hollywood that I think really gets overlooked by people, Um, and they don't see him as an actor. They see him as some some tool to use in a film. But when you watch the behind the scenes stuff, you realize this man is really acting. Yeah. And delivering and giving these great performances and 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 one of the best uh, film franchises we've had in, in years for probably. sure. I learned to bulk up on Dramamine because apparently I'm going to be on a boat heading north. You're going to be heading north. There you go. We're <laughs> going to survive though. I got you. We're going to survive. <laughs> How much uh, food can we fit on a boat? We'll figure it out. We'll fish. I can do that. I grew up sport we'll, fishing. There so there you go. There you go. Sounds good. You can sing to the fish. Uh, I'm a siren for the fishes. There you go. <laughs> Come to your death. <laughs> or like the Sesame Street here. Oh my fishy, gosh. Fishy, 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 fishy. Anyway, uh, Baby Driver by Edgar Wright. All three of us gave it a good. Yes. Uh, Aaron, what did you learn? Music makes everything better. Awesome. Tim. I learned that, yeah, did, it's okay to put a lot of music in a film. It's all right. It's mm-hmm. not going to kill your film. To, But if you do it the right way. Right. It it's works. It can, yeah, it can work. Excellent. Uh, I learned that Ansel Elgort is really good. Oh, I thought you were going to say really hot. I was like, for real? Uh, no. Uh, it's really good. Like, I really I did not. <laughs> I, I really no. had not seen his other stuff. So, I mean, he was he was really good. He was believable. He's good in Fault in Our Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's an impossible I mean, character. He's like the, the like, oh. Yeah, I was like, boyfriend. it's. But he, and that movie has such it. a twist, okay. and it's like a twist of the knife. He's good in it. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I learned that he is really great. The chemistry of this whole cast was was believable. And and awesome. So uh, that that about wraps it. Wait a minute, we up. didn't even talk about huh? What the controversy was? All eyes on me. Oh yeah, you have two oh, minutes. Go. Go. Two yeah. minutes. Okay, so the film is being sued because, as we <laughs> talked about in the last episode, it's the part of the film is structured around this interview Tupac gives from the Clinton Correctional Facility, mm-hmm. but apparently it was based on this guy's interview he did in Vibe magazine. Mm-hmm. So all these fake names he used. Yeah, he embellished and like changed the story but for used, his interview. But they yeah. use it in the film yeah. without crediting him 
at all. Mm-hmm. And the only way that they like that he would know these names because they're literally made up character names is, is from this it. article. Like there's no other place there's that it could no be from this guy's mind because they're not real. Yeah. Just kind of like the differences. That's and wild. The, the things that do. Like, how do you do that? How do you just be like, you know what? This is someone else's work. I'm going to make it and then make this movie that you're expecting to be crazy like it's yeah. going it's to get attention you didn't, like he didn't do any other research because if he None. had he would have realized that this was the only mention of these characters in his life at all he apparently didn't interview a lot no. of people that were in his actual uh, life no and so it's like like how can you how do you think that that's okay is yeah. my thing it's how like you can get away like, with it i don't even care about getting you know away with like, it like yeah. like for me from a moral standpoint like if you are doing a li- like if you're doing a pick about right. somebody's life like a biopic mm-hmm. even if it is a, like a lifetime movie i was like you still should be going around to the real people that are yes. still yep. here that were in his life yes. instead of like you're basing it like it would be different if it was you're basing this on somebody that was that lived a century ago right. like yep. where you don't have like anything but stories to go off of so, so but you, people so that were in his me, life are still alive you're telling me the merlin and transformers could have been how he is it could have been yeah 100 percent. i believe in 100%. magic 100 percent. yeah no but you're, you're right not to cut you off but you're right you're right like yeah you clearly did zero research. Yeah. You just were like, ah, we're going to put those together and this, hopefully. This, well, this article's moving. I'm going to make it a movie. Yeah. And, and, the fact, and the fact that, like, and we forgot right. to talk about Harry this Potter. on the episode, <laughs> is that how are they going to do a movie about this time in Pac's life? Yeah. And Puffy is nowhere Not to be there. found. Oh, yeah. he's no, nowhere absent. To be found. Because that would have required them to do research. Yeah. And they, they or have or had, like, to credit him in the film, which would have meant but money. To me, that's a choice. Like Someone made oh, yeah. a choice oh, to say, oh, that was a deliberate choice We're not putting Puffy in it. Mm-hmm. But so I was telling him before you got here, I was, we were, me and John were talking, I was telling him, I'd watched this interview with the producer of the film, L.T. Hutton, and the director of Benny Boom, and you would think they made The Godfather it, mm-hmm. to hear them talk mm-hmm. about it. I was like, like it was going to be revolutionary. Oh, like they talked about the screening they did, and like I saw the tears. I was like, what movie? The tears? What movie did you people, show them? I was like, <laughs> do you show them? Do they watch War of the Apes? Like, what do they watch? Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's Caesar's List. As John but to hear, like people defending the movie are defending Tupac's legacy, not. Right. The not actual the film, film yeah. that's on screen. They're mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, Pac was a great dude. I loved him. He he did a lot for his community. And even since they talk about in this interview, we're like, oh, but he was a different dude, and he he moved differently, and he was, you know, he was a mm-hmm. gangster. He really did gangster stuff. Like, okay, but that, but it's that... just it's very clear that this movie was almost like I I haven't seen it, but I was like, but based off of everything that I've heard about it, it was clear that the money was put into something that it shouldn't have been. Like the bulk of the spending for this money was not spent on actually building a solid foundation or a solid script. Nope. It sounds like it was very rushed. Like they had this idea, they mm-hmm. got the funding, and then they just did it. What I don't it, understand also is why are you putting it out? I know it's his birthday, but this is the. You talk, realize a birthday happens every year, right? We talk about this mm-hmm. constantly. Like, but even even if it's July 2025, right? Mm-hmm. You're putting this move, this small movie out that you expect to make money in the middle of the summer movie season. Yeah. Terrible idea. So I'm either putting this out in January. February, mm-hmm. or I'm putting out in the end of August, early September, or make it better. Even then, but even, no, even, even listen, then, release schedule he, matters. Here's my, like, here's my concern: one hundred percent. Releasing not, movies on the same day that Star Wars comes out yeah. never a good decision. And, and it's not even just like whether or not it's like we're, we're, the one thing me and my friend always talk about is actual theater space, like literal mm-hmm. physical yep. space in the theater. So Wonder Woman still kicking butt. Heck yeah. yeah. We got Baby mm-hmm. Driver yep. coming out. We got World of Planet of the Apes. We got Spider Man. Like, there's not going to be physical seats, theaters yep. for this to show in. So why would you release it now? Just hold on. It's not going to be. This is life changing. Yeah, no. it's going to make more money 
In the fall. In the fall. Because people would be like, oh, the last movie I would probably think it was a spring movie. I think it was more of a spring movie than a fall movie. movie. I mean, Marvel has really pushed that envelope back to like, you better get get in before March. And Mm -hmm. they got next February with Black Panther and Pacific (laughs) Rim 2 coming out. Um, So they're really pushing it. But like, find pocket to, to, to release the film so it can... Find your space. Have a chance to have succeed. Have a chance yeah. to, to make the most money you can possibly But it make. does sound like this movie didn't have a chance regardless. No. 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 no chance. No chance. But, yeah. So, that <laughs> article uh, that Tim mentioned, I will link uh, below. Yeah, it's it, crazy. It, it, is, it is pretty fascinating. It's, just, it's like, how that is a bold move. Yeah. It's a bold move. It's a dumb move. And what, do you, what do you think the yeah. dude was going to say when he saw his work? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's my work? I'm good? No, pay, pay me. Just pay well, him. But he, he so said, he wants them to pull it from theaters. Exactly. He like that's just it. It's like he doesn't even want like oh I want retroactive credit. No, he, he wants it pulled from theaters and he wants an too. undisclosed <laughs> amount of money oh, paid to him. You talking about King Petty? I would pull King the Petty. From the King Petty. <laughs> pull mm-hmm. from the theaters. All out. I'd go down ripping down posters and everything. Well, because mm-hmm. now all eyes are on him. Yes. Oh. Oh, there you go. Uh, and on that bombshell. Uh, <laughs> So, Aaron, where can people find you and the work that you're going to be doing for Barbershop Show online? Um, so, Barbershop is actually getting a site redesign right now. Mm-hmm. So, physical reviews aren't up for uh, publication just yet. Okay. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my name is spelled a little strangely. So, uh, in the podcast, John will uh, drop the Instagram tags. But mm-hmm. Instagram is Muggle Pictures Don't Move because I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter is just first name underscore last name. But uh, I'm having a blast and I'm, I'm learning a lot. And I'm really excited to see where this takes me. Awesome. Tim, where can people find you? Um, I'm easy media? to find. You are. I'm in the streets. Um, <laughs> you can <laughs> find me on Twitter, uh, People's Critic, C-R-T-I-C. Find me on Instagram, People's Critic, Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do Facebook because I have family members that are terrorists on Facebook, so I avoided it at all costs. I've, I've literally never joined Facebook. Yeah, um, true story. True story. Um, but yeah, fake news. And we're, and we're happy to have Aaron on board. This is fantastic. Yeah. I didn't know you even existed until a couple days ago. Because I didn't. You yeah. didn't exist. You no, just I'm poofed. a transformer. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Well, nobody knew I existed. So I was like, yeah, I met her like, I was like two who days is before. that yeah. person? So what are you and what are you doing at this movie theater? There's just, there's I'm only a handful of us. I was like, there are only uh, You're in the wrong seat. I was like, there there are literally the press this is a press seating. Right. What if that happens to you? I'm what, what if someone comes to you and says you know, this is where well, the, so it kind of happened for Rough Night. So, ah, it's so good. no, so I got to Rough Night a little <laughs> bit late because uh, traffic was just insane, mm-hmm. and I was coming from across the bridge because I work in Kirkland. So I get to Rough Night, and I know like press gets in first before mm-hmm. people that are you know hoping to get in to see the Muggle. early release. The yeah, Muggles, peasants, you know, <laughs> yeah. usual. So. Um, like I walk up to get into the theater so that I can tell them, and this lady literally goes, "Um, I'm sorry, are you here for the movie?" And I looked at her, I was like, "Yeah," and she's just like, "Well, you can get in line." And this, I literally said this in the most timid way because I've never been one to like throw down cards or anything like this. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Um, I'm impressed," and she was like, "I'm sorry, I'm not impressed." And I was like, <laughs> oh, "No," oh, I was like, "I was like, no." So I think she thought spicy. I said, "I, th- I, I think she thought I said, love and hip hop moment." I would have swung on her. <laughs> well, I think she thought I said, "I'm impressive," yeah. and uh, so uh, I said, "I said." say that though like, i mean i'm sure there are people out oh, there okay um optimus prime but uh mark Wahlberg. uh i so i said i said no i'm pressed and she goes oh okay i'm sorry and so like i walked but i've never had to use that before right. so i was like i like had anxiety after i said it. like i walked into the theater i like sat down and then like half the seats were taken and so i saw you sitting there and i was like oh i was like is anybody sitting there um mm-hmm. and that i sat down and i just i sparked up conversation and the rest is history you know so one you know so northgate you go to northgate and like 
it's one of the few days where you get stopped before you actually get to the theater. Yeah. So I get there and this guy's like, do you have your, is, you, you, what are you here for? And usually, here's how it usually goes. I'm here for the screening. Oh, screening's on the fourth floor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's Done. never a concern. It's never comes up. So I walk in. I kind of even still had like one earbud in my ear. And I was like, hey, I'm here for the screening. He was like, do you have your pass? I was like, no, I'm with the press. Do you, do you have your press badge? I was like. This, isn't, said, this hey, isn't Washington, D.C. We're yeah. not trying to get into the White House. Like, <laughs> I literally told the guy, I said, I remember I said, no one's going to press back. I said, you think I have a hat with like a press sign? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he got so pissed. He was like, I need to wait for my manager. I was like, please, call your manager. So, I'm, so my, the manager who sees me all the time right. was like, hey, man, what's going on? I was like, man, talk to your boy. You're like, like, you're like, sorry, I me. lost my press badge. Yeah. He's like, down here waiting. He was like, he said, hey, he said, I'm sorry. Just, it's on the fourth floor. And now, as I was walking up the escalator, he was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he was like, I was just <laughs> He's like, to, do you even work here? He was like, he was like just, he's, you just left them in. Like they'll figure if they're not supposed to be here, they'll figure out upstairs. You just like well, it. and it's not thing. like there's a rumor going around like, oh, there's a screening. Yeah. Just tell them your press. Like, how, like, how could that's I not happening? Sneak into the well, theater. And, yeah. and plus, even if you, you not even if when you say you're a press, you get through that first barrier. You go upstairs. Yeah. You then wait with the rest the of the rest press. Of everybody and there's somebody the, with a clipboard. The studio yeah. rep says. Okay, where are you it's from? It's okay for you to come. They, they and there's security up. there. Like, there's, <laughs> there's like five different layers. Oh, but I love those those two security guys. They're always there. Oh, yeah, they're they're super nice. Yeah. And, like, and that is the thing is we see, Tim and I see the same, see the same, same managers, same security. Well, same that security. explains why you guys like looked at me. You were like, you're like, who is this? Yeah, I was like, literally like, yeah. who? why is she talking? Who is she? Not the, that's No, I'm legitimately. But I was literally like. I, I either talk when I get nervous or I shut up. Like, I there's tell, no in between. It's funny. <laughs> so I could tell you were clearly there as press to see something. Probably because I had a like, tiny little notebook out. I've I was never seen this person in my entire life. Yeah. What so then I made here? the introduction with with Aaron and a couple of the other. But you thought folks. I knew her already. Well, and because there and there was a seat next to you guys, so I was planning on sitting there, and then that was, seat was taken, so I had to sit mm-hmm. behind you guys, and I right. was sitting in between like two people that I didn't know, mm-hmm. but you guys had to turn around to have this whole discussion with me, yeah. and so then you guys <laughs> turned around and started talking to people next to me, so I was like, maybe I can join in. I guess. Feel free. Feel yeah. free to join. Listen, like, people yeah, join in. All yeah. You'll you'll. Well, we have a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. We'll, sure. I'll get used to it. We definitely do. We have a lot to talk about. But thanks for having me. You know, this, yeah. this has been a of blast. Uh, this is my first podcast. So awesome. Wait, this is your first podcast? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Never, yeah this I is... didn't know. Ever, ever. Congratulations. Thanks. They're thanks. a lot of fun. Yeah. John does put out a good product. No, the barbershop's oh, been great. The The boys are awesome. Um, follow the barbershop on Twitter also. Mm-hmm. Barbershop show underscore. But, yep. um, and I will, I will. Have you ever been on that? You've never done that podcast? Mm-mm. I got to get you yeah. on that. And I will link them. Below as well, and you can follow this podcast as I said at the beginning of the episode: right. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at About to Review. Uh, you can go on iTunes, subscribe there. If you are on Android, and I just recently realized this: <laughs> if you are on Android, Boo, I'm on, get rid I'm of your on, phone, get an iPhone. <laughs> Hashtag peasant life. Uh, Little green bubbles. <laughs> I am on. Apparently green bubbles like, are for poor people. For poor people. <laughs> was the what? best phrase a friend of mine ever told me. She people. goes, um, "Wow, I don't talk to people with green bubbles." She was kidding, but she was just like, "Green bubbles are for poor people." <laughs> That is pretty crazy. Did you, oh, have uh, you caught up on the Handmaid's Tale? No. Oh, um, but anyway. Read the book. So with with Android, I am on apparently like every podcast app that is on Android. So Podcatcher. Podcatcher, Podbean. Podbean. Uh, Podbean. Just all of them. So if you're on Android, got you covered. Stitcher, I think, is still the, the number one one for Android. So uh, if you have any questions, you can email the show at about to, re- about nice. to review at gmail.com. I uh, talk about these films, talk about any upcoming films that you uh, are hearing about and want us to review on the next episode. Uh, wow, what's the next episode? The big movie that we cannot wait to see. Yes. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man oh, Homecoming. Why did I even, I was like, the House. Yeah. No. Spider-Man <laughs> Homecoming. Despicable Me 3, right? Well, no. Nope. We'll be wait. on the next episode. 
And I think Dr. Andy and I are going to do a yeah, Sif wrap-up finally, uh, which we have yet to do because there have been so many movies coming out middle of the summer blockbuster season. Uh, yeah, so for this episode, I have been joined by... Tim. Otherwise known as People's Critic. Oh, People's Critic, yeah. yeah. Aaron, also guy. known as Muggle Pictures Don't Move. There you go. And I have been your host, that guy named John, and we will see you next time. This has been an About to Review production. Thank you to Vexing Media, who provides audio editing services. They are a graphic design, website design, and digital media company. You can find them at their website, vexingmedia.com, or on Facebook and Twitter, at Vexing Media.